jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay Pride continues. Pride continues. Drags on and on and on. <laughs> to ravage us and our bloodstreams and our <laughs> our tolerances. Yeah, my midi chlorians. Oh, oh. Stacy! <laughs> you said Jar Jar Banks. It turns out. <laughs> oh, midi chlorians. In our pre-show for Resident Evil, at one point, um, Lilu, I basically wrote Lilu as Nell, uh, <laughs> so she just spoke in gibberish the whole time. And then at one point, she just goes, "Misa Jar Jar Binks." <laughs> so stupid. They they um, like erased midi chlorians from canon, right? Like that's not going to come back in the rise of the dawn of the day of the shadow of the Skywalkers, right? I don't, the Jedi Dark Fate, no, I don't think so. I, I don't know. I haven't Jedi seen Dark any, Fate? I haven't seen anything since uh, episode three, so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Oh, you're, oh, wow. Yeah, I tapped out. I tapped out. It's too everywhere, and I just, I don't know. What do you mean it's too everywhere? It's only in all merchandising. It's a theme park. <laughs> I mean, it's always been that way. Let's face it. Like, even back in the early 80s or whatever, it was, like, inescapable. Star Wars is just such a phenomenon. It is. But I just, I don't know. I tapped out, so. <laughs> so your your little midi-chlorians have rainbows this month? Midi- yeah, my midi-chlorians all are carrying <laughs> tiny flags yeah, of like, all different stripes. It's sponsored by rain. Nike! Yeah, <laughs> yeah Colgate! Woo! Yeah, <laughs> your metachlorians actually i might hate <laughs> yeah. all their others but i like yeah. yours but they keep they're just been marching for like two weeks now and it's making me itchy i can't, <laughs> I can't wait till pride is over it turns out you just have scabies yeah <laughs> it's just a rash <laughs> i just have a horrible skin condition and then someone says what's wrong with your face which, first of all, how rude. But then I yeah. just say midi-chlorians and then leave me alone. That's a pro tip. Wow, it must truly be pride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my rash is out in full force. That's how I know it's pride time. <laughs> Uh, but I wonder, and after all of our railing against rainbow logos, etc., while acknowledging that, you know, they, there's a nice aspect to them as well. I wonder if I'm a hypocrite, because guess what? I did. I've exclusively decided to brush with Colgate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, <laughs> you Use imagine? code Gaylords for 10% yeah. off your Colgate. 10% off your first tube. <laughs> Um, <laughs> your first tube. <laughs> My first tube. A memoir. Not by me, but by someone. Mm. Um, 
I, I wonder if I'm a hypocrite because I bought that uh, Fangoria t-shirt. Oh, no, but that Fangoria t-shirt's one of the cool ones because, like, 100% of those proceeds go yeah. to um, something gay. The AIDS <laughs> life cycle out yes. in uh, San Francisco, yeah. Yes, which so is so just, cool. If you haven't seen it, it's just a black t-shirt with the Fangoria logo and there's, like, a rainbow gradient. Wait. And I just thought, like, what? I want that too. Is it too late? I think it's too late. It was only available for like three days. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) So, I mean, you know, for Fangoria to be doing that, I think it's pretty cool because, you know, I mean, I grew up reading Fangoria as a lot of horror fans did. And it's always been sort of the broiest of the magazines, obviously. Yeah. All about the gross-out pictures. and You know what I mean? If Fangoria and Rue Morgue are doing cover stories on the same movie, like Scanners or something, like Fangoria will be the head-exploding yeah. photograph. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So for them to do this, I thought was pretty cool. So I mean, they're also, like, rebooted or not, they're also, like, the classic horror magazine. Um, mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just, and it is super cool, especially that that much of the proceeds, like the entirety of them go to, to a queer charity yeah. is so rad. And like, usually it's, people don't do that. Usually it's like 50% or 10% or a portion of your proceeds. Yeah, exactly. A portion of, a percentage of every purchase will go to, <laughs> go to the fags and the dykes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But this is, yeah. it's just kind of, um. I thought that was so cool. And also, yeah, I mean, in, in horror fandom, where queerdom, queerdom, <laughs> where queerness really, queerdom, queerdom, where queerness really isn't, uh, is still kind of breaking in and finding a, uh, carving a real niche for itself and finding acceptance in the community. I think it's so rad for them to really uh, advocate for that. So yeah, I'm here so. for it. It's It seems so much more so much realer than yeah the colgate rainbow yeah bud light in the rainbow bottles yeah that's just advertising for bud light and i mean technically this is just advertising for fangoria but but a rainbow so it's saying you know it's there's kind of like a we know you're gay i mean someone could twist this and say oh well you're arguing for any corporation that does that but it's also you know a small horror magazine technique kind of on some level right something that's you know really important to me yeah, versus a like a, a Love Simon snow globe at Target. <laughs> yeah. With little rainbow sprinkles that zips around as you shake it. <laughs> well, I'm sure Love Simon is equally important to someone. I haven't seen it. I I just like how you rail against it, but Stacy first Maybe there's some thirteen year year old out there who's like it's life changing. First you came for me with the Midichlorians. <laughs> now you come for me with Love Simon. I will. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the thing that I have to remember is for the kids that are trapped in small towns. Right. It is cool. Um, yeah. Oh, I had a thunk <laughs> while I while we were just talking about, about queerness and horror. Um, there is a survey going around that I want to talk up real quick. Do um, it. So my friend Heather is doing her PhD dissertation on queer spectatorship of horror films. And it has actually launched the first full-length academic survey of queers who watch horror and who are into the genre. So if that is you, and I hope it is, um, please go take the survey. You can access the link. We've linked to it on Twitter and Facebook and all these things. But uh, you can access the link if you just go on Instagram and type in 
at queer for fear. That's queer for fear, uh, all spelled out, no numbers. Um, you can go to the link right in the bio and take the quick little survey and and let your voice be heard. You can also vote for us as a horror podcast you listen to. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, yeah. I'm not saying to to shake up the results and to rig the survey, everyone, but... <laughs> Well, it's just a which podcast have you listened to? And I assume if they go to the survey because they heard it here, I feel they would include us in a podcast they have heard. (laughs) I would be the kind of person that's like, I'm not going to name you, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Don't tell me what to do. Check off every other podcast. Yeah, everything except us. Yeah. Yeah, That's fine. That's also a way to do it. It's not a competition. It's just a survey. What's important is getting your voice heard, uh, get, really helping to to contribute to this, because this is the first ever academic survey of queers who watch horror. Um, and so I don't, I can't wait to see what kind of data comes out of this and what Heather does with this in her dissertation. But mm-hmm. uh, check it out, people, and then share it and get as many diverse voices as you can on the survey. Um, that is up, I think, through the end of this month, through the end of June or Pride Month, before right before we jump into LGBT Revenge Month. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then my survey is just who are all the people you want to take revenge against? (laughs) That my survey would never end. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'm still taking it six months later. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That person who looked at me on the bus. I don't like them. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And speaking of uh, revenge survey, so Stacey, did you hear the did you hear it's going to be a, a holly jolly Christmas? <laughs> I did. What a surprise announcement. I know. Hey. came out of nowhere in the middle of June. <laughs> yeah. That uh, they're remaking Black Christmas again. Once more, we shall be. Yay. Christmas shall be blackened, much like a, <laughs> a chicken on a grill. Yeah. Uh, whoopie-doo. I uh I just have to say why. I think it is, you know, being made by a, a women filmmakers. There's a woman director, a woman writer. Um, yeah. Which I think is cool. I think it's, I, I'm like, wow, Jason Blum is hiring women now. That's cool. Yeah. He, he probably listened to this and heard your shit talk. Oh, and he was like, mm, good note, Anthony. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's changed his tune. Yeah, apparently this time, I mean, who knows what it'll be. It's just a, a poster, which is a pretty cool poster, I have to admit. It's a sharpened bloody candy cane. Yeah. It's, it's all right. And uh, so, but the tagline, whatever, is like, oh, the girls fight back. So maybe it's going to try to turn some slasher tropes on its head. My question is, why does it have to be Black Christmas? That's exactly it. Like, is it name recognition? It's not, fr- yeah, it's not Friday the 13th where it has such name recognition that it sort of transcends horror. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, so why not give these women money to make something of their own that's brand new? Yeah, yeah, it could be Holly Jolly Dead Miss right. or something like. <laughs> it could be the uh, bells. Toys the be- for me. <laughs> that's that's the title. That <laughs> yeah. also is the Metallica song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's also like, biblical horror. Yes. I, mean, I assume that's what the Bible's like. Um, <laughs> it was read in that voice, the audio book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, you know, yeah. Why not a new slasher movie? Like original horror properties are doing pretty well right now. I would say. Yeah, now is the time to do them. Let's now break the down time. on the remake chain. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why it's another remake. And and the the general consensus I see to be seem to be say, seeing is is people saying, oh well, you know, at least maybe it will be better than the last remake. Which I'm like, what? That's no reason to jump in and remake something in hopes it's better than the previous remake that also didn't really work. Yeah, especially so when know. you have the original, which is just so perfect. So. It's perfect. Yeah, it's like okay, well. Maybe this time they'll do it right. Yeah, or we could watch the one that did it right the first time and revolutionize the genre. <laughs> and create, yeah. Help create an entire subgenre. Yeah. Yeah. Someone on Instagram asked, like, oh, I would like to hear your thoughts on this that was just announced. Which, first oh. of all, it's very flattering if anyone wants to hear my thoughts about anything. Even <laughs> uh, the weather. Or your shirt. Or anything. Like, that's very flattering. But, I mean, my, I just say... Well, like, that's kind of all I have to say about it. You know, like, well, I mean, we'll see. It could be great. I say it's not needed, but whatever. Who cares? The the idea of two women making it, the idea of the women fighting back this time, like the synopsis said, uh, that sounds cool. I I just would love to see some original content. And and maybe there will be in there, and maybe it will just be the title, but... Um, I guess, you know, I will say I am excited to go see it in the theater in December because usually December is just what Mary Poppins seven Tokyo drift. So, (laughs) which I also will see and will love. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I just, there's something about the idea of the women fighting back that just immediately fills my head with like horrible movie cliches. Oh no. You know what I mean? Like, just oh, when they go, like, when Judy Greer goes, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I oh. saw mommy kissing Santa Claus, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Shoots him. You want a, uh, a present? I don't know. I'm <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one of the more iconic scenes in the movie. You want a present? <laughs> and then they just stare at each other, the killer and the girl. Because I got you this, and then you know. She <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know why Jason Blum doesn't give me money to write these things. You know, well, honestly, we need to start uh, lobbying Jason Blum because, because <laughs> <laughs> man, my that dialogue is gonna get the audience pumped up. <laughs> oh man, what's that present gonna be? <laughs> She get him. <laughs> a Hickory Farms gift basket. Psych! It's a knife in your face. Anyway, I would like to watch the killer use a summer sausage, or yeah. or them to kill the killer with a summer sausage. Um, well, a summer sausage is so versatile, don't you find? <laughs> Never thought of it that way. But... <laughs> Leave your kinks at the door, please. Hey, listen up, Gen Z. I'm going to do pride my way. On a Wells Fargo float with a summer sausage and a Target snow globe, okay? Yay. Summer sausage. Rainbow summer sausage. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be our pride uh, when we finally like have merchandise. We can come out with a rainbow summer sausage. Yeah, we're the only podcast with a summer sausage merch item. 
enter key code Deborah Hill at hickoryfarms.com. Get your commemorative 10% off of your Gaylord's summer sausage. You know, let me tell you, it's a niche market. Nobody else is. No one's tapped in. No. So Mm -mm. let's jump in on it. I think we found it. If you want to jump in on the summer sausage, that's your business. <laughs> that's between you and the summer sausage. Anyway. I, the summer sausage, I hope, is consenting. Yeah. Wow. Oh, pride has defeated us, clearly. It has. Look at look at all that's left. Look at our detritus. God. Oh. Disgusting. Well. And you, oh. You know, you know, Stacy. There were uh, there were some other uh, reveals in addition to Black Christmas this last week. Oh yeah, um, sounds sexy. Tell me more. Well, one of them freaked me out because you and I, you know, we keep talking about Blair Witch, right? And and we're like Blair Witch this, Blair Witch this, and I was like, oh, did you ever play the old Blair Witch video games? We should talk about those at some point. And it turns out neither of us had. But literally that day. Yeah. It was like that day that we said that. They tr- suddenly dropped the surprise reveal trailer for the new Blair Witch game. Not so, man. Yeah. Okay. So look, people. <clears throat> the reason why we're doing a video game episode, if anybody is still listening, <laughs> because maybe there are people who saw that we're going to do horror video games and said, no, thank you. I'm here for the movies. Or are allergic to summer sausages. Or or have a summer sausage allergy. Maybe that's why my midi-chlorians are acting up. Yeah, you've been rubbing that summer sausage (laughs) on your rash. (laughs) Grandma always said it would help. (laughs) Maybe she lied. Anyway. Had you plugged her into the Bluetooth state dock? (laughs) Maybe that's what it is. I downloaded that Hickory Farms app. (laughs) (laughs) And Grammy suggested rubbing summer sausage all over my (laughs) Maybe you should try this summer sausage. Summer sausage. Summer sausage. Fine, Grammy. I'll try the summer sausage. Summer sausage. Summer sausage. (laughs) Well. Jason Blum. Jason Blum. Give us a call. If you're listening to this like you listened last time, give us a call. Take a hit off this shit. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. I just think there's a huge market for elderly robots and summer sausage. I agree. (laughs) Finally. Uh, Finally. It's the beauty of the internet. You can find people out there for whatever you're into. Anyway, uh, you know, with Pride Time happening and you just showed Resident Evil, the first game for queer horror. Oh, yes. Yeah. And E3, the Electronic Games Expo just happened. And Anthony and I both really like horror video games and video games in general. And so we thought, let's do a horror games episode. We've been talking about this since the beginning. Yeah. And that's the boring story of why we're doing this episode right now. But the point is, yes, they announced a Blair Witch game at E3. 
literally so weird that it was the same day we were talking about the Blair Witch game and talking about doing a video game episode. And then because every, what, like 35 years or whatever, Ellie Kedward strikes back. She, she liked and subscribed and she was like, oh, have I an announcement for you? <laughs> yeah, and I was surprised to see her walk out on stage at E3, but there she was. Yeah, she had the lapel mic and everything. Yeah, yeah. She Can I hear it mic. for the E3? <laughs> <laughs> she throws the commemorative earbuds out into the audience. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, look. Oh, also, I'm all over the place. I'm sorry. Like, we haven't recorded an episode in what feels like forever, and so I feel a little scatterbrained. It's also, you come down with a case of the prides every June. So, yeah. Whatever. Or scabby. Um, yeah. So, we're going to be posting some trailers and some gameplay stuff on our Facebook page for this episode. So, if you don't know what we're talking about, you can go to facebook.com slash of Darkness. And uh, you'll see some trailers and stuff if you want to know what we're talking about and you're not into games. Yeah, you'll see a whole bunch of content. Yeah, because maybe you're not like me. You know, you're not a gamer, right? So you don't sit down in your game chair and put on your (laughs) yellow tinted gaming glasses so that your TV doesn't give off a glare. And uh, you don't crack open a rock star beverage because, bitch, you are what you drink. Am I right? And then you don't boot up your system and then go on the internet for a minute to fire off some death threats to Brie Larson because she seems like a bit. And then you say, let's game and you play a game. You know, Maybe I wasn't that's not you. I wasn't with you until the Brie Larson death threats. <laughs> and then I got <laughs> yeah, right on your train. Yeah. And then you were like, you know what? Ooh, she's serious about this. That's yeah, right. it's like relatable content. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love playing video games and I always have. So DC, deal with it. do you have the, do you actually have one of those weird like rocking video game chairs with the built-in speakers and like the, the, the um, life support? things you plug in <laughs> yeah yeah it just has a commode in the bottom also so i don't even have to like take a break to go to the bathroom i just shit where i play baby. that's real gamer talk <laughs> i used to wear diapers until i got this chair remember when you were concerned about how this podcast made you look I have no dignity left. You know what? Not even 40 episodes in. And I have no dignity at all. That's fine. It's fine. I had had very little to begin with. It's fine. Yeah. It's your cultural icon and it's much much unto the United States. No dignity left. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure I'm gaining a lot of fans and people who are like, wow, I really need to check out the rest of her work. Well, oh, she's she's that one who plays video games and shits in a chair. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> and then she hops on her Razor scooter. Not my Razor scooter. My yeah, hover your Razor scooter. <laughs> my hover Because it's summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Well, uh, I, I love video games. 
games it. too. Yeah. I love video games too. I I'm definitely um a binge video gamer. So like I will play them. I will wait until a game comes along that I'm like just like I've done my research. I can't wait. And I will just sit there. I will clear my schedule as much as I can. And I will sit there for like three days and just play all the way through. Yeah. Um, otherwise, but are you, are you're more like, I know Jason, he plays video games every single day. Yeah. And then, at this point I kind of do, like I find games a lot in general, like more entertaining than movies. Oh, they're well. And the quality of them now, like the writing that goes into them and the, the kind of, uh, topics that they're able to address in video games now it's and it, it's wild and in terms of imagination you get to see so many more spectacular things i think than what you can see in movies and more transgressive things yeah there's they're pretty good for representation yeah i've been playing video games since i was a kid and horror games are just probably better than ever oh they're so scary they're so scary they're, <laughs> they're so, so scary, scary. <laughs> here like i can watch i can watch any movie you know i've never mm-hmm. i've never i mean there's some movies i won't i don't want to watch or i'm like this is gross why did i watch that but i can watch anything and i'll, I'll get through it some games oh <laughs> i cannot play a scary game like the scariest i can go is like left for dead or the last of us I can play just, like, maybe those, and that's about as scary as I get. But otherwise, like, I'll never forget the first time I tried Resident Evil, the very first one. And literally, it starts up, I was walking through a hallway, I couldn't figure out the camera angle or the controllers, and then a zombie just walks up, eats me, and I threw the controller into the TV. Like, I I, I can't, I can't. And this happened, that same experience happened to me with Resident Evil 2. It happened to me with um, Resident Evil 5, each time I say, I'm going to give it a try. Nintendo 64 came out with Resident Evil 2. I made it one step down a hallway in the police station. A liquor jumped on me and I threw the game away. And then Resident Evil 5, Jason and I were like, let's try co-op. And then we, we started it. I didn't make it out of the hut in the beginning. We died. I threw the controller to the TV. Wow. It's dramatic. You can even watch me online. You can watch Carla play Resident Evil. Uh, what's the newest? Seven? Seven, with the, yeah. The, where the William Shatner's Black Death Mold is the killer. Um, <laughs> you can watch me play that and see how good I am at scary video games. <laughs> it's... Yeah, I Resident Evil was the game changer. It's like it wasn't the first horror video game, obviously, that really, but it's the one that kickstarted the genre. And especially horror video game. Yeah, that especially survival horror, which is is what yes. I'm not good at. <laughs> yeah, it's survival horror. So it's kind of like a, a, a parallel in film would be like, well, sure, the last broadcast might have been the first like found footage, whatever. But it's Blair. But Witch. we all know it's Blair Witch. Damn it. Yeah, or like you know, uh, Black Christmas versus Halloween. Even like which movie yes. actually put it into the public consciousness? And that's Resident Evil. And the first time I played it, I rented it from a blockbuster for the weekend because I looked at the box and it was like it had a giant spider on the back. And cool. It was, and for someone who loved horror movies and loved video games, this was just like a melding of the two. And it's really a B grade horror movie. Yeah. Oh, the, come to life. That, <laughs> like, especially that that voice acting in those cutscenes is just stellar. <laughs> the voice acting in the cutscenes and in the original game, that live action opening sequence. I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The very yeah. 
I'm going to post that on the Facebook because it's oh. it's worth it's worth seeing. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> like, it's, it's a thing crazy. of crazy. It's crazy. But it's like those games were so terrifying and yet I mean the graphics were cutting edge at the time, but it's like the blood was square. You know what I mean? Cuz like everything was pixels. <laughs> You know, and is, yet it was is, still really terrifying. Is your blood not square? What? Wait, wait a second. What's wrong with me? Should it be square? I, I these mighty clients are messing me up. <laughs> Ask me again in July, and I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, nineteen ninety-six, man. And I remember Resident Evil yeah. Two came out like two years later, and the opening was all instead of like a live-action opening, like in the original game. Uh, Resident Evil 2 had like a computer graphics uh, opening and in, I th- it was man it was the future in glorious CG yeah in glorious CG and I was like well we've reached the pinnacle here like how oh, could yeah. anything be like the graphics will never get better than this and now it's like it looks like a fucking you know the first project of a first year DeVry student like their first attempt at computer graphics so bad but at the time it was like oh my god this looks real like yeah it was cutting edge I'll I'll, for me that was watching um a game that used to scare the shit on me but isn't a horror game was the first Tomb Raider and seeing mm-hmm. those, seeing that cut scene of Lara on the hold, the, whatever she's holding on to an elevator and flying up it too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was just like, wow, one day they, I remember thinking they should make a movie out of just this. <laughs> yeah. And now and, I'm like, fuck CGI. <laughs> there's too many computers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the problem. I think that is the key for me is something like these Marvel movies where it is just CGI versus CGI. I feel like in a game, I can get into it and accept it because the whole thing is like that. Whereas in a movie, it just takes me out of the moment. Yeah, in the game, it's consistent because it is the vocabulary versus in the movie. It's like, right. oh, there, there's Brie Larson and there's computer Samuel L. Jackson and there's computer cat that he's interacting with. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's just, I don't know. It's just personal preference. But the first yeah. one that really like terrified me would have to be Silent Hill. Oh, oh, in oh, 1999. Stacey. Why did you have to? <laughs> Just the commercials alone. Do you remember back when they had commercials for video games? The commercials for Silent Hill were so fucking scary. It's a real. It's really terrifying. I had to turn it off. There's a scene. Okay, so you're uh, Silent Hill. You're Harry. You're driving. I mean, your name is Harry. I'm Harry? <laughs> You're not any more hirsute than uh, any other person. <laughs> your name is Harry, and you're driving with your daughter, Cheryl, and uh, you get into a crash, and when you wake up, she's gone, but you think you see her run off into the night. And so you're looking for your daughter in this town that is drenched in fog. There's monsters all over the place. Uh, and it's really fucking scary. There's that fucking goddamn-ass siren that keeps yeah. going off. And then, and the, what really scares me too is the radio, which they don't have that in the movie version, right? But in the game- they I think they like, do, actually. Is there a radio? Oh, I, I don't remember. Radio. Yeah. I just remember, I, 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 my friend Adam had it for PlayStation. I actually still have his copy and I, I keep it locked in a vault um, <laughs> that was baptized. And um, I, I remember 
playing it and I'm walking around this house or this uh, around the neighborhood. I'm running around in the fog. My radio keeps going off and scaring me. And then like a fucking pterodactyl flies at my head. And then <laughs> yeah. I threw the controller into the TV and I never <laughs> touched it ever again. Yeah. Your radio, you find a broken radio, but it starts playing static whenever there's a monster nearby. Yeah. So that's even it. if you can't see now the fog in silent Hill was literally just a graphical limitation. Like, they were trying to kind of do an open world sort of thing, but they couldn't render things oh. until you got really close. And so they just oh. said, like, fuck it, it's all foggy. And made That's the fog. brilliant. That's yeah. in the, I remember the old Spider-Man game that Doc Ock unleashes a fog that covers New York City, and that's why you're web-slinging through fog. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was How to get funny. around the limitations. Yeah. So even though if you couldn't see a monster, that was the thing. Is Silent Hill has always been really great about playing with sound. Yeah. And so oh, you couldn't so see it, but your radio would start going off. And so oh, you know something is nearby. Which is just like, what a brilliant way to use the limitations in your favor. Mm-hmm. And then in the process, create one of, for me, I think, an extremely iconic horror environment and, and oh, theme. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like in the terms of the games and the movie, I think it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, the movie actually, I don't, I don't think the movie is probably good but as a silent as a huge 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 silent hill fan it's great i think the movie's amazing and spectacular (laughs) and i love it because it does it it captures so much from the games like they actually use camera angles and stuff in the movie oh and the music and the music that scary ass like banjo (laughs) song yeah man like why why would yeah. why why yeah. yeah i think silent hill 2 is widely recognized as possibly the greatest horror video game of all time yeah that's kind of the big one that was the one that the commercials i remember on mtv scared the fucking bejesus out of me they were like in a mental hospital or something and people yeah. were crawling down stairs backwards and ugh. yeah and it's really and it's it's an interesting franchise because it's like it's a Japanese take on Western horror. So it's filtered through these all these strange lenses. Um, but it's the entire thing is steeped in metaphor. Silent Hill 2, you play as James Sunderland and you travel to Silent Hill because you've received a letter from your wife, but your wife has been dead for several years. And you get a letter from her and the letter says, like, come back to Silent Hill, which is where they used to go on vacation. Like, I'm waiting for you. And so he goes back to Silent Hill and he gets trapped in the town. And there are other people there who are also trapped. And it's like the whole place is steeped in metaphors. And like what you see in Silent Hill ties into your own psyche. So what I see would be completely different from what you see. And my monsters would be different than your monsters. And there's all kinds of sexual metaphors and blah, blah, blah. It's just an amazing fucking game. For 2001. Yeah. And it's scary as fuck. I just love that (laughs) Silent Hill as a vacation destination. Like, get your group on to go to Silent Hill. (laughs) Right. Well, it used to be normal. Where all your traumas will come to life. (laughs) Yeah. And they try to kill you. Is the movie, because I'm more familiar with the movie uh, because I can't play games, but is the, is the, tra- is the creation of Silent Hill as this demonscape, is it, it, does it have to do with the weird cult in Alessa being burnt or is that strictly the movie's yeah, mythology? The, 
The cult and everything is always kind of in the background lore, but that's mostly the first game and the third game. Okay. Deal, deal directly with the cult. And then Silent Hill 2 is kind of its own standalone thing. And it almost looked like at the end of the film, Silent Hill, where the white Rada Mitchell, whatever her character's name was, and the daughter are trapped in the town. And then it cuts back to Sean Bean, who's completely useless in the film. But we was, just didn't was, think that audiences could watch a movie that had like no men in it. So they, they literally yeah. added him in post. <laughs> yeah. He's completely superfluous. But because she's disappeared and all of this, it seemed like they were maybe going to try to do a Silent Hill 2 thing next, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Instead, they made the terrible Gary Ann Moss one. <laughs> yeah. Which is which based is... on the third game. And really, just did a travel like it's did horrible. Not do that game justice, yeah. It it's an atrocity. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss deserves better. She sure does. They got Deborah Kara Unger to come back for it and everything, and it's still yeah. terrible. It's still terrible. It's really. It's the only Silent Hill game with a female protagonist is three, and they completely wasted her in the movie. Like, Man, why'd they do that to us? Why'd they got to go and do that to us? I don't know. I don't know. Bumped yeah. me out. Did you play all the Silent Hills? Because don't they go up to, like, Silent Hill, The Room, and then, like, Revelations, and then, like... Yes. Yeah. Silent Hill toothpaste tube. (laughs) (laughs) My Silent Hill, my first tube. (laughs) My first tube. (laughs) I did. Silent Hill 4, The Room, uh, I believe is the last game that was made by the original developers, Team Silent. And then it was taken over by American developers for... Downpour and Origins and Shattered Memories and all these other games, and they're not great. Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. It looks like great. Downpour, I thought they were trying to like revitalize it, and it just seemed like they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, Downpour is like the last proper game, and that came out in 2012, I think. Ooh. So then, uh, then there was a demo that came out on PlayStation. Child. Right? My sweet summer sausage child. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Here's the deal with that. This is... Okay. I don't even know where to start because it is like my favorite thing in the world. That game? That demo? Yeah. No. No. It is the devil. It is the worst thing that ever happened. It is the devil. It is the... It's the devil. I have goosebumps. I literally have goosebumps thinking yeah. about it. I'm so yeah. scared. <laughs> so Downpour comes out in two, 2012 and everybody's like, well, that wasn't great. Right. Then all of a sudden it's Gamescom, which is a hu- another, it's like an E3 kind of thing. I think it's in Germany, I want to say. Uh, it's another developer conference sort of thing. Convention. 2014. Hideo Kojima who is the sort of mastermind behind the Metal Gear series, Metal Gear Solid, all those games. He comes out, he says, this is an interactive teaser for a new game. It's full of puzzles. Everybody try to figure it out. And that's it. That's all they say about it. And it's called PT, which stands for Playable Teaser. So people, it's a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Oh, that's what it sounds for? I Or sounds... Stands stands for <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's called PT. It's for playable teaser, and so I, it's free. It was uh, available in the PlayStation f- Store that night, so everybody downloads it. 
starts no. playing it. No. And it is the most terrifying thing I have ever experienced in a game, in a movie, in real life. Like, okay, so I was assembling some clips to post on our Facebook page, and I found one that is uh, a play, a complete playthrough of it with no commentary. And that's like the best for whatever. Mm. And I was like, I'm going to watch this to see. I got about, it's only like 20 minutes long. And I got maybe five minutes into it and I can't even watch a playthrough. No, it is so, so scary. Yeah. I'm I'm completely with you on this being the scariest thing ever because I, I made Jason, like when I read about it online, and that was 2014? Mm-hmm. That is nuts. Um, it does not seem like that long ago because I still feel freshly traumatized. Oh yeah. Um, I may, this is what I do is I now if I want to see a scary game or play one, I just make Jason download it and play it for me, <laughs> and I, yeah. I I watch, <laughs> and um, and then I still make him turn it off, and I take the <laughs> controller from him and I throw it at the TV, <laughs> but. I shit myself. Like it was the scariest thing I have ever seen. It's literally like I okay, so Like it's designed to break your brain. It's literally designed to be like they've said they you know, Hideo Kojima has said like they wanted to make something that was so scary that it would just ruin you, basically. And they're fine with that. They're fine with you turning it off and not playing it. Because uh-huh. it's too scary. So this comes out and the whole thing is full of it was really kind of interesting to watch it unfold in real time because it comes out and it's full of these like opaque puzzles. You know, it doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't tell you what buttons do. You get no information with this. Thing yeah. Or whatever. So the Internet was trying to figure out, like, here's a clue. Here's this. Here's that. And only at the very end of it. If you manage to complete this teaser, does it tell you that it was actually Silent Hills, which was going to be the next game in the Silent Hills? Yes. Yes, Silent Hills. I forget. Yeah. And it was like, it was Kojima and Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus was going to star in it from The Walking Dead. And Guillermo del Toro five years ago when when we were still like kind of interested in things he would do. Yeah, and by the next year, by 2015, the game was canceled. Everybody had left it. Kojima. Wait, it was canceled. It was canceled. Kojima (laughs) split with Konami, which was the video game publisher that had published all of his other games. Complete. And not only did they do that, but they deleted it from the PlayStation Store. You can no longer download it. Even if you own the game, like if you managed to download it before, if you delete it, you can't re-download it. So if like I can never sell my PlayStation Four because I have PC. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I think we. Oh god, I wonder if we still have it on there. I think we. Oh, I need to have my PlayStation baptized. Yeah, like this because it's gone. Like they have just wiped it off the face of the map, basically. So all everybody got was this twenty-minute teaser, and it is. Like I, I've I've introduced friends to it, and even knowing what's going to happen, like I can't play this thing why would it's... you introduce friends to it what is, what is that look are they still your friends <laughs> no but you know <laughs> uh, i just thought they might like it so but it's okay so it starts off it's all first person you have no idea who you are you wake up on the floor of this room concrete floor there are two giant cockroaches in front of you mating 
Which is really a nice way to wake up. This is any time I come out of a blackout. This is yeah. what happens. <laughs> this is where you wake up. Yeah. Uh, there's a table in the room, but right now you can't see anything on it. And there's a door. You go through the door. You're in a hall, an L-shaped hallway. Um, you go down the hallway, turn a corner. And in this hallway, there's a door on one side that leads to a bathroom. And there is a front door that is locked and there's some windows and there's a door at the other end. So basically you're just in an L shaped hallway. When you go through the door at the other end, you're back where you started. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of a loop. Like That's James it. Joyce's Ulysses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Groundhog Day. That, yes. The, the more appropriate li- <laughs> literary contribution, yeah. the more formative. Yeah. One, the more Groundhog culturally Day. Uh, impactful. <laughs> um so you're just in this l-shaped hallway and it's like things change over time so it's like one hallway and one ghost no no that's like two girls one cup from hell i (laughs) like it can get worse (laughs) it can get worse and it is she shows up from time to time and in a callback to the series's broken radio that emits static you can hear her making noise and because it's all first person, maybe she's behind you. Mm-mm. Like, you can hear where she's coming from, kind of. And, like, the movement is really slow, and it's just got corners, and it just trips all of my triggers. And the first time I tried to play it, I was like, ooh, a scary game. Hooray. I'm going to play with my headphones, and I'm going to turn off my lights and play this. <sighs> and maybe two minutes into it. I was literally crying because I was so scared. No, I <laughs> and I hate it. I had to stop for like an hour, and then I would play for another minute, and then I would stop for an hour. Oh my god, that's like how I watch Martyrs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just so fucking scary. And even knowing like where the ghost is going to show up or what's going to happen, I still find it too terrifying to even watch a playthrough of it. What What is with the like Mandrake baby in the bathroom in like the sink? There's yeah. like that weird the like a fetus in the sink. Aborted Mandrake baby, yeah, and it's yeah. crying and. and... <sighs> well, there's a radio that you can listen to. That tells you that, like, a man killed his whole family and his wife was pregnant at the time and all of this. So it's kind of like, okay, so I guess maybe this ghost is her ghost and the Uh... fetus is her baby, whatever. But you don't know because it doesn't quite tell you anything. The game is... it's. Okay. It's literally like what hell, it's like what hell must be like, <laughs> like, yeah. is this game. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a purgatory, you know, and every time you go through that loop and you realize like, oh, fuck, I'm back at the beginning. But it's kind of what paranormal activity, the first time you see that, what that tapped into, like the repetition. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the atmospheric dread yeah Yeah. the dread that builds through repetition because it's like when the cycle starts again you're gonna be looking for what's different yeah and in the game like with just this first person view that is really limiting and really terrifying maybe you're gonna miss like a danger that's actually there because you're too busy and like trying to figure out what's different well and didn't you tell me that there's a little thing that people don't realize about like when you first start the game. Yeah, when you first start the game, when you wake up in that first room, if you like, it's really obtuse the way, it's like you have to 
turn around immediately and walk backwards to the door instead of just walking forwards. And when you do that, when you like click door open, your character will automatically turn around and go through the door. If you do that instead of just exiting the room, as you turn around, you see that the fucking ghost is in the room with you in the corner. No, no. But you would have no way of knowing that. No. She appears all over the place in this game. I hate her. She is absolutely fucking terrifying. terrifying. She's like, she's like a scary banshee. She's like up there with the Mass Effect banshees in terms of things that make me cry in all, in out of all my pores. Yeah, so she. Scary. I was. I literally cry. Like I'm a big crier if I'm too happy or if I'm too sad or too scared or too angry or whatever. And I was so terrified that. Oh. Just, like there's one point where you come through the original door, you go down the hallway, and you turn the corner. And she is standing there at the end of the hallway Mm-mm. that you have to go down. And then the lights go off. Mm-mm. Oh, fuck. I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> and it's like you're trapped. You can't go back the other way because the door locks behind you. And so you just have to go forward down this hallway. Why are scary games so much like more immersed i mean is it because you're in it because you're playing it but it's not like virtual reality i mean there are virtual reality ones i'm not touching that with a ten thousand foot pole yeah but like why are they like i like i'm like like haunted houses i love and i don't those you know they give me jumps um movies you know i love but those can creep me out but otherwise but games like what why is it that i like I feel like I myself am in danger when I play these games. Right. They make you feel that way. Like even the first Silent Hill is third person perspective, not first person. And the graphics are terrible because it's all polygonal. Like people are made out of triangles and squares. And yet it was so scary that I turned it off. And I think it's just the immersion. Yeah. Because you can, in most, in 99% of video games, your character can die. Whereas in real life, if I'm watching a scary movie, Okay, maybe I'll go to bed later and and be nervous or whatever, but I'm probably not going to die, you know. But in a game, probably. you absolutely you you can several yeah. times. So it's there's an actual danger for your character. Mhm. Maybe. And the, just some weird empathy thing happening between you and the little avatar. Something. Right. Yeah, I mean if you're if you're into it, it's not like it's Frogger. You know what I mean? Where you don't... Hey, Frogger is terrifying. I love Frogger, first of all. <laughs> I love Frogger. But you're not feeling a real, yeah, the empathetic connection with this character. Whereas in something like, you know, these other games are so long. And yeah. like they're 10 to 20 hours, probably at minimum. And you're in real danger the whole time. And in PT, like, oh God, it's so scary. Just like, why would anyone ever do this to another human being? It's it's a it's just so terrifying. But it is it is truly, I mean, remarkable in that it is really the first, uh, the the I mean the the penultimate to me or ultimate uh horror experience. Yeah, it's <laughs> in the terms only of just one... sheer dread. Yeah. Oh, I can't. Well, I've I've kind of gotten there with VR horror. That's I don't also do that. For me. I can't do it. Like, I just, it's not fun for me. No. Because then you're in it. I played Resident Evil 7 uh, in VR. And Resident Evil 7, I had already played it on, you know, flat, like regular. So I knew what was going to happen and when. 
the game starts, you get in your car, you get out of your car, you walk down this path to the woods and there's a house and you go in the house and a little while later stuff starts to happen. So I knew I was safe. But in VR, I go down the path through the woods, I get to the house and the door is open and it's just all darkness beyond and I just couldn't, I turned it off. I just couldn't go in the house. (laughs) You made a wise choice. I did. Like the VR, I mean, it's not just 3D. That's the thing. Like, I think people think it's like a 3D movie. It is, it's an incredible fucking technology. VR is truly amazing. Yeah. It's truly, truly amazing. And so these horror games, like a first person horror, like I just can't do it. Here's the problem. I I love VR. I have, I have friends that um, run a VR company. And so they let me come over and play with their VR. And I was, it changed, it blew my mind, the entire experience. Like, um, they also had like basically a VR, like Microsoft Paint before VR, <laughs> and you can make like these giant VR images. So I was having so much fun doing that. Um, that's the kind of VR I can deal with. But I'm already afraid of VR. My problem with VR to begin with is I'm like, okay, I'm already encased in a helmet with speakers in my ears, and I'm in this other place. How do I know that someone isn't going to just sneak into my house and murder me? So I'm already afraid of that, <laughs> let alone add Resident Evil 7 and the Black Death Mold bloodhead and the gargoyle or whatever, and my girlfriend come in to chainsaw my arm off. Yeah. No, thank you. I'm already facing, I'm already fighting off the outside dangers of my neighbor coming in murdering me for not raking up my leaves. <laughs> yeah, I try, I played, there's an episodic exorcist game. Mm, mm, of all fucking things in vr no and i played the first three episodes they're standalone episodes and like the second time because i was writing about it so i had to play these things the second time i played the first episode of the exorcist vr game it took me like 10 minutes because i knew what was going to happen when and it's literally only like a 10 minute long episode the first time it took me like an hour and a half (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> because you're like a police detective and you get called to the scene of this murder at a church and it's all dark. You're the only one there for some reason. Like it's just not at all like realistic police procedure. Uh but they're like there's a priest who's dead in the confessional and blah 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 and you have to like go down this hallway to get into this other room and I just didn't I wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. I was too That's, scared. I understand 100%. Yeah. So I just stood there for like a half an hour. waiting for something to happen that's amazing yeah it's just it's to the vr is too much for me like first person is too much for me so add vr to it and i just like Uh, i'm too old my heart cannot take it yeah for real that's what i was thinking with pt is like god can you imagine if that was vr i would i would just end my life like like my my my, i would just shut down and die (laughs) yeah i would be found in my gamer chair you know. <laughs> my yellow like, glasses on my rock star in my hand you'd look so cool i would look really cool that's Covered a cool shit. way to die <laughs> yeah just shit everywhere man the yeah. bidet function uh malfunctions is just yeah. shooting water everywhere take that blee blee larson <laughs> um so speaking of e3 then 
uh, is so I'm not I haven't really followed on this game too much because I don't care about Norman Reedus unlike most of the po- general population. But is Death Stranding is that anything to do with PT? Because it's still Kojima and Norman Reedus, right? Yeah, no is one really. I don't think Del Toro is attached to it at all. Yeah. Although I have seen actually images of a computer generated Del Toro. Yeah, the, I remember. Stuff. So he might be in it. I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure what his attachment is. Yeah. But he's involved somehow. Nobody knows what Death Stranding is all about. It looks completely weird. I don't think it has anything to do with Silent Hills except for like the crew and the cast and all of that. Okay. It, it looks bizarre. But it's also got Lindsay Wagner and uh, blue is the warmest color, isn't it? The blue one. <laughs> Whatever her name I, is. <laughs> hi, I was blue, and blue is the warmest color. Yeah, yeah her. <laughs> yeah, Smurfette. Smurfette is in it, and uh, yeah, no one knows what it's about. Wow. So, but it doesn't look like it. I mean, who knows? It could be anything, but it it doesn't look like it's necessarily straight up horror. So they're not coming to destroy my soul again with the scariest video game experience. No, of all no time. PT wrecked me. Like, what what came close to that for you? probably resident evil 7 i guess because it's also first person like first person just fucks with me i don't like hallways i don't like them in movies i don't like them in real life you know like i I can deal with a hallway but i mean like at nighttime in the like a hallway is a scary thing the only hallway i ever want to experience in a video game is like in the property brothers vr experience like that one i could do (laughs) Where I'm like, I want subway tile. I want mosaic glass. I want open concepts. I can yeah. do that, but anything else... Well, actually, even that would be too scary, because those spaces. But otherwise... Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. So Resident Evil 7 like is very different from every other Resident Evil game, and it obviously took huge inspiration from PT. Because PT was it... a phenomenon in the gaming community. When I played Resident Evil 7, I was really stoned for that web series where i played it um because <laughs> yeah. that, that was criteria you have to get high and then play the video game in yeah. drag um so i don't remember does it connect did it because it, it seemed like it was a totally different thing but i heard it actually does sort of connect to stars or umbrella somehow it does at the very end um chris redfield who's one of the original characters and a member of stars shows up at the very end of the game and it on a meta level it has some of the resident evil standbys like the green herbs and all of these other gameplay aspects that are very resident evil and at one point you find a picture in the farmhouse of like a helicopter and it has the umbrella symbol on it oh so it's very loosely tied in like, so someone was just like, just make sure that they know it's the same series. <laughs> yeah, like they, I think when Silent Hills got canceled, they were like, here's an opportunity for us. And it's a great fucking game. It really yeah, is. Yeah, it is. It's totally took it in a whole new direction. Yeah, but it's scary. Any, any first person just is too scary for me. So Okay, one, one more tangent. Chris Redfield. Yeah. Is he <laughs> native? Is he actually... Because... He, Did you ever? He was native in the George Romero script. Okay, that's why I asked the question because I was like, "Did you ever read that George Romero script for the lost George Romero Resident Evil project that they so they bad. commissioned a screenplay?" Oh my god, it was terrible. There's like literally a scene where Chris Redfield like sits on like a cliff or something, and an eagle lands on his shoulder. <laughs> 
<laughs> and his name is Redfield because it has here he's a native because his name is Redfield. Red yeah. Field. No, and George Romero's like, there's an opportunity here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all George Romero. He he kept a lot of things in from the original game, and that was kind of fun to see, but then he did some stuff that was like, what? So he just made the, up shit for the backgrounds of these characters. They fight a giant plant. Yeah. Well that's uh, in the game. That's in the game. I wouldn't know. I didn't make it that far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's another one of Umbrella's evil experiments, you know, because the Umbrella Corporation is trying to develop biological weapons and the virus gets out and makes all these monsters and zombies and blah, 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 blah. blah. So, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have Alice in a Marilyn Manson soundtrack any day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To yeah. be honest. Yeah. There's so, I mean... And like it's interesting to watch to see the overlap of horror movies and video games also, which yeah. are from like games the earliest days of video games. The movies have overlapped, like yeah. Um, for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred in the early eighties, Wizard Video from Charles Band, of course, the uh, hack. I mean, uh, I say hack in a in a loving way. Yeah, yeah. Behind like like Puppet Master and shit, right? Isn't that all Char- yep. Charles Band? All that like Ginger Dead Man and all those Full Moon movies. All yeah, Full stuff. Moon. Yeah, Charles Band. Yeah. They made a video game based on Halloween, and a video game based on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in like 1983 for the Atari a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one. I didn't know about that one. Yeah, Halloween. You play a babysitter who has to save the children from Michael Myers or from unnamed masked killer. And yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you actually play as Leatherface. That's so funny. And you have to kill people and there's like wheelchairs flying at you. <laughs> <laughs> Franklin's Revenge. Franklin's Revenge, yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. But I mean, you know, Friday the 13th obviously has a few games. Yeah, that's so iconic. Uh, Blue Jason. Yeah. 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 Well, I told you about that. Like, it's, it's it so seems cool. Crazy. When it came when it came out and I got it when I was a youth, um, it was like this isn't Friday the Thirteenth. What the? F-? Because the game is crazy. Like you play as a <laughs> series of campers and you have to save the children from Jason. Obviously, Jason shows up. He's in a purple jumpsuit with a turquoise mask. Very true to the movie. Very true to the movie. Um, you can find a cave where Mrs. Voorhees's head comes alive and floats around the screen. <laughs> tries to kill you zombies pop up out of crystal lake like they just shoot straight up into the air for some reason oh my god like in a water like a disneyland water show (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's just a crazy game and it just i was like what like i've come to embrace its bonkers qualities but at the time it was it was all you could focus on was the fact that it didn't feel like friday the 13th at all but i learned that the reason why Jason is in the purple jumpsuit and teal mask is because the developers, which were Atlas, this Japanese company, they're only uh, the only source material they had for Jason Voorhees was the 3D poster from Friday the 13th Part 3. Not the one that you usually see with like the silhouette stabbing through the curtain, but mm-hmm. the 3D poster where he's chopping an axe through a window. And if you look at that image... Jason looks like he's in a purple jumpsuit with a blue mask. Yep. 
It's so cool. I love that. I love that happy little accident. Yeah. And so they just made this really bizarre Jason. And now it's like a great survival. I mean, I don't know if it's great, but it's like hugely influential on survival horror. Yeah. As we know it. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. It's so cool. But then it got re- Friday Thirteenth got remade. Well, it didn't get remade. Another Friday Thirteenth game came out in 2017, I think, where it's Jason versus a bunch of counselors, and you can play as Jason or a counselor. Yes, it's kind of amazing, right? Yeah, it's fun. Like if you're the if design, you're you, I love that. I love that you can like call in Tommy Jarvis for help, and then Tom Matthews fucking shows up. Yeah, some of the characters are their movie counterparts, and some of them that they couldn't get the rights to are just clearly influenced by. Like, there's the character who's obviously influenced by Chris Higgins, but it's yeah. not Chris Higgins; it's Jenny. You know. I remember when they were developing that on like Kickstarter, and it was just um, it was I think it was just called Summer Camp. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they got so much money and got so funded, and then we're going to introduce like a, a Jason Voorhees skin or something, and then that just turned into them talking with whoever owns the rights, and literally they just turned the whole game into Friday the Thirteenth and brought on Kane Hodder to do motion capture, and it's yeah. so cool. Yeah, um, I I know you are great with that game, and. <laughs> Or, yeah. well, you play it a lot. I've played it, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm very good. As Jason, rest assured, everybody's going to get away because I'm so bad. Like, I just can't. When I was J- I played it and I got dead, 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 dead. I don't know why I kept thinking, like, well, maybe if I hide in this locker, I'll be fine. <laughs> but I just yeah. kept hiding, kept getting stabbed or macheted through beds. Um, And then finally I got to be Jason and I was like, oh, now I'm going to show all of and then they're all gone. They yeah. all escape. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what Every the fuck? Time, I'm actually really bad at it. I get too scared. And I just am a bad Jason. And I just... But it's fun. It's fun yeah. to, because the settings are from the movies. Like Pakanak Lodge. And yeah. uh, the Jarvis House. And stuff like that. So that kind of thing is real fun. But It's cool. You you hear the music. You hear, like, it's 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 very uh, true to the world of Friday the 13th. And it's really cool. Yeah. Um, I like the one that I like that's really similar in terms of how it's built and designed and all that is uh, Dead by Daylight. I really like that game. Um, and that one I'm I'm more of a fan of because uh, you get to choose if you're the killer or the victim. I'm like, I think Friday the 13th, it's kind of randomized, isn't it? Whether you're vic- Jason Yeah, you or can say, you can select your preferences. Like I was always praying I would not get chosen to be Jason because I'm just so yeah. bad. But it's up in the Versus... Air. Dead by Daylight, rest assured, your homegirl right here is going to be the swamp hag every single time. (laughs) And I'm going to plant my rune traps, and I'm going to scream and show up the second you trip them, and I'm going to hang you on a meat hook and sacrifice you to the entity. (laughs) I love that game. That one's got a bunch of actual game tie-ins, like Halloween and uh, Texas Chainsaw and Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream. I don't know if they've got the Scream ones. Yeah, the new Scream ones coming out where you're ghost face yeah saw it's got a saw dlc all kinds of shit which is wait really are you the little are you the little puppet on the tricycle <laughs> just ride around on your tricycle that'd be awesome i think you're what's her amanda was that her name the shawnee smith character i think you're her. oh i like her i think you're her i'm not sure but yeah oh god bless shawnee smith yeah so alien the alien series has a no. shit, shit ton of games nope I'm a, i have to go i'm done <laughs> <laughs> the most recent of which is Alien Isolation, which is also alien, first person. 
<sighs> Alien, let's see how much we can get Anthony to scream. Yeah. Um. Oh my god. It's it's uh, the first person that gets me. You play as Ripley's Did daughter. It's movie. actually a really cool story because it is like a direct sequel to Alien, the first Alien. Yeah. Um. And and yeah, Ripley's daughter. Uh, what was it? Amanda Ripley. Amanda Ripley. Yeah. Yeah, is looking for looking for mom. Mm-hmm. And there's a DLC where you can play as Sigourney Weaver, so that's cool. Oh yeah, where you're back on Nostromo, yeah, or whatever, and it's mm-hmm. a, you're playing the game, the first yeah. or the first movie as the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess technically it's a sequel to Aliens since they didn't bring up her daughter until the second one. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you play that all the way through? You played it all the way through, I'm guessing, and played the DLC yes. and everything. Yep. Oh, Stacy, how do you do it? I, I, I remember. I will never forget sitting on the couch and being like. Oh God! Like, and I, I. It tells you to keep moving because the aliens always looking for you, right? Um, because they invented some horrific new AI that will constantly search the premises looking for you. Um, so I, I was, I was just trying to move, but I was moving really slowly and just like just being like hiding around every corner. And then I meet someone, and someone's like, "Hello, I'm here to help you." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" And then an alien tail bursts through the person's <laughs> chest, and the alien comes down, and I ran. And then ultimately, I ended up stuck in a room full of killer robots without faces. And the my save game right now it ends. I saved it, and I just threw the controller at the TV right at the part where the <laughs> robot was choking me, and I just see its dead eyes staring into my face. <laughs> And I couldn't make it further. Yeah. I, I think I only finished it because I played through with a friend. We just, like, mainlined it all weekend and just oh. just played it. So playing with somebody tends to take some of the scares out of it. Because you're talking and making jokes or whatever. Yeah, that's helpful. But it's, it's another one of those games that it's first person. And initially, like, you don't have any weapons. This is a big, like, trope in a lot of horror games is you are basically defenseless. And so alien yeah. isolation, all you can do, you have your, you know, boop, 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 your little radar thing. Oh, and that just makes it worse. That makes it worse. Cause you know, when it's nearby, but all you can do is hide essentially early on. And it's fucking terrifying to like hear it come into the room and then you hide in a locker and you're looking through the slats of the locker, hoping it doesn't come over. Oh God. That's too much. Yeah. But at one point, like, we were in our room looking around and we were fine. And I opened up an air vent to go in it and travel to another room. And the alien had never been in an air vent before. Shut but, up. but when I opened the air vent, it popped out at me. No! I like, I laughed. I threw my arms up. I like smacked my friend in the chest. <laughs> Accidentally, because I just flailed immediately, like threw the controller with one arm, smacked him in the chest. He was eating pizza and threw the pizza straight up in the air. It was just, it was so scary. It was so scary. And she go, "Mamma mia, mamma mia, save the pizza." <laughs> Yeah, but those games of like the where you're defenseless and all you can do is run away and hide is which is it's kind of the new standard now and it is just so incredibly fucked up. I'm like I can only do these games if I have a flamethrower, a machine gun, a <laughs> a, a, a a mini nuke. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, I need everything. If I'm playing Fallout, I need at least 10 mini nukes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and just... so the 
this, uh, this Bla- the new Blair Witch game is from the developer of a game called Layers of Fear, which was well, one of those. Sounds- yeah, <laughs> yeah, where you're this weird painter and you return home and your family's gone and you have to investigate. But it's it was really on rails. Like you realized pretty quickly that you there was no death state. Like you weren't gonna die. There were jump scares oh. and stuff, but. But apparently, oh, okay. supposedly for this Blair Witch, they've changed it up. And so there is some unconventional combat, they're calling it. And if you watch the trailer, it looks like another game called Outlast, which was very Yeah, popular. It looks yeah, like Yeah, it's... And, and Outlast has kind of took some cues from the Alien game where it's like um, a lot of hiding and lockers. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and having to use like apparatuses, uh, like the radar thing. But in Outlast, it's the there's so much of the game is in darkness, and it's, so you have to use your night vision on your camera because you're an investigative reporter in Outlast. Yeah. And so you have to watch it. It you you're kind of forced to recreate scenes from like Silence of the Lambs or or record, uh, watching horrible things happen in that green night vision. Um, yeah. Which is which is from the devil. Yeah, it really is. And your batteries keep running out, and so you got to find yeah. batteries for your camera. So this Blair Witch, the character, has a camera. It's some guy and a dog. He's a cop, I guess, and he's in Burkittsville for some reason. And I don't know. I mean, it looks like a Blair Witch skin on Outlast, and I'm not the hugest Outlast fan. And also, a Blair Witch game, like, where I want Ellie Kedward. <laughs> That's her. And I want to basically just play as the ghost of Heather Donahue, who will come back and kill everyone who ever called her a bitch. Yes. Yes. Like, that's my ultimate Blair Witch game. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I don't know. We'll see how it is, but. Yeah, she ultimately the last level, it's just she she fights Jason Blum. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for the Blair Witch game, uh, even though it is just an exclusive to Xbox and PC, which means I won't play it. <laughs> um, yeah. cause I'm, I'm a PlayStation girl and I'm a Switch girl. Um, I don't, I don't do Xbox, but, uh, it, it does look like, it does look like an Outlast game. It looks, there's like some strange designs. Like there, it looks like there's like tree people you fight. Yeah. Um, and I'm never a fan of expanding past the mythos. Like I, I'm like, just you, we don't need weird tree people. Like I remember they made the Blair Witch games um, in the two thousand. In two thousand, they released three Blair Witch games that were survival horror, and I never played them. But I remember being uh, cautiously intrigued, but also kind of put off by there were like there were actual walking like creatures of her stick figures. Hmm. And I'm like, that might be pushing it a little. T- I get that you're drawing the inspiration, but it could be just enough to make a game where you're just wandering through the woods and right. that's it. Yeah. Um, and that's it. So this game kind of reminds me of Outlast, but also the Slenderman PC uh, game that came out. It was a free to play PC game. Um, and then they did remake the Slenderman game and they rebooted it with really fancy graphics because the original Slenderman game was just like looked like looked like a DOS game. Yeah. And and when they rebate made Slenderman, um, they suddenly had all these new creatures that show up and everything it's like daylight and super colorful and really nice graphics and it just didn't have the same effect. 
Um, and that's kind of how this Blair Witch one looks to me. But I'm like, if they could fuse Blair Witch with the original Slenderman game. Did you play that Slenderman game? I played the original, yeah, the eight pages or whatever it was. The yeah, the eight pages. One. I only found you... like two pages and then I was done. So. Yeah, I, I found two pages or, or no. <laughs> Jason found however many pages. <laughs> and then I said, turn it off. Yeah. But you, it's, you just are walking through... It's the simplest concept, and it it I think after Silent Hill, no game has scared me as, or after um, PT, nothing has scared me as much as this one. Um, but you just walk through the forest. It's black outside at night. You have a flashlight, but your battery is limited, so you have to use it really sparingly. And you just find pages. There's nothing else that happens except Slender Man is always after you. And you know that he's going to get closer when there's static. But the way that we were playing it, like the static just happens. He's right there and we're dead. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it scared the bejesus out of me. But I'm like, if you could fuse Blair Witch with that kind of vibe where you're just walking through the forest and maybe every now and then you hear like a ch- kid laugh or yeah or you see a tint and then it's gone like i don't know <laughs> yeah well that's the thing like to go back to what we were saying about wire games it's you know it's you're the character in the movie that is in peril basically yeah you know versus watching a film like obviously i get scared by some movies but you're watching someone else's story whereas in mm-hmm. the game even if it's a third person avatar it's still you you're controlling the person telling them where to go you're the one that's in peril and it's fucking terrifying yeah yeah it's it's wrong it's it's from hell and it is wrong (laughs) i hate it i hate it i hate it what can i play i can play i played last of us i loved that game but that was like story that was so so much it was like an action game right more so with horror elements i think yes but 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 oh Having to sneak around those fucking mushroom people. <laughs> yeah, which sounds so stupid when you say it. Do like the that. sound. Do the sound. Do oh, the that. sound. I can't do it. No! No! <laughs> like Wayne's World they're when he does the clickers. They're called like their nicknames are clickers. So they... No, they're mushroom people and they're from the devil. Yeah. I love that game. It's, oh my goodness. It's it's so good. I can't wait for Last of Us 2, which there wasn't any E3 anything. Nope. And now it sounds like they're going to release it in February, I'm hearing. Yes, February is the big rumor for Last of Us 2. I can't wait. Oh, maybe it will be a Valentine's Day surprise. <gasps> my little Valentine's Day gift. Oh, wouldn't that be sweet? Yeah. Because yeah. Ellie's gay and got a girlfriend who's probably going to die. Yeah. So happy Valentine's Day. Happy Pride. <laughs> Happy Pride in February. <laughs> Man, I could talk about horror video games forever. Because there oh, are for so real. many. We haven't even like touched on zombies. There's so many. I mean, we might have to just do another horror game episode. Yeah, no kidding. If people like this one. What are some of your what are some of your like quick fire off um you have to play these recommendations? Oh boy, oh boy. It's hard because, you know, games can be complicated if you don't know how to play a game. And I don't know how to do anything. So. You know what I mean? Like people who don't play games, there's like 12 buttons on a controller. <laughs> you know? So it just makes for not a pleasant experience, I guess. Yeah. Add motion or VR or a secondary yeah. controller and, and who knows what's up. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we'll put some videos on our Facebook. But I mean, the classics, obviously, like Resident Evil, the new Resident Evil 2 remake. 
Oh no, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. That, I want to play it just because after you wrote that post on Final Girl about it, it really made me want to play it. But it looks so terrifying. And I read about Mr. X. Mr. X. And how <laughs> yeah. he's always, it's, it's kind of like, um, whatever that game was I was just talking about. Slender Man. He's always, he's all, and, and the alien too. He's always stalking you and looking for you on that map. Yeah, he is. I don't like, like that. He it, just shows up and then you'll be, you'll go down a hallway and you'll go into a room and you'll be exploring. And then you hear, which is not like a fat bass drum beat it's his feet <laughs> but he does drop fat beats. he does drop several fat beats throughout the game but it's and he him. beats the shit out of you yeah but he's he has heavy foot steps so yeah he'll burst through a wall or rip open a helicopter and suddenly he's there chasing you and you just run from i was i was like so gonna play it because i was like what's the worst it could be a zombie game there's some liquors i'll be fine maybe um, Stacy says it's like the best zombies in anything ever. So I was like, maybe I'll try. But then I saw that I saw that you just have to spend so much time running from him. And the only thing I could deal with on the internet was somebody took a video of him chasing you, and they set it to DMX to X gonna get you. <laughs> and, yeah, and that I could do. But otherwise, it does. I will say that as it goes on, it gets to a point where he's not scary anymore. He's just annoying. Because yeah, because you just have to stop trying, everything and run. Yeah, you're trying to, like, solve a puzzle. Like, move these levers in this order or whatever. And it's like, there he is. And so you're like, okay, I guess I'll do a loop around and come back. And like, can I just fucking do this puzzle? Will you go away? You know? So he does, <laughs> he gets annoying after a while. But yeah, Listen, that game I'm trying has, to work here. I'm trying to do a puzzle here. I got some herbs to mix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that game does have the best uh video game zombies i've ever seen that's cool which is that makes really weird, makes me want to play it but it's it's incredible like there's so many different zombie models and they move differently and they're really fucking gross i like that it's just like you could just shoot them in the knee to, to keep them down on the ground so if you mm-hmm. can't make a headshot or things like that yeah you could shoot all their limbs off and they'll still just try to bite you as you go by. oh it's so upsetting yeah yeah, so, they're, so upsetting. They're I heard they might be doing the, like a three, a Resident Evil three in that style too. Yeah, I think they were seeing how two did, and then they were gonna see if three would be viable. I'm yeah, into it. Nemesis. I'm into yeah. it. This is one time where it's like actually, this is a reason to remake something. Is like the new technology mm-hmm. is like makes the games more terrifying and better looking versus like a movie. It's like well, we don't really need a remake of that just so we can see what andrea martin looks like a cgi <laughs> yeah the andrea martin hologram yeah the holographic andrea martin in black christmas 4d by james cameron yeah this is part of the avatar universe now yeah yeah she's sigourney Weaver. she's part tree yeah so i agree like they are the the, re- the remake of the first resident evil game is probably it's like in my top five horror video games for sure. Oh, it's it's coming out for switch and i might i might have to it's play it it's so good it's terrifying and as someone who played the original so much that i just had everything memorized essentially they changed up so many things that it's still fresh even if you've played the original so as long as they have that cut scene still attached somewhere yeah. <laughs> i'm in <laughs> yeah. joseph i'll look up that because that <laughs> 
Man, Resident Evil, it's just so B-movie. Resident Evil is like my favorite. I like I love all the games, even the bad ones. I love Resident Evil. I love it. I love Resident I wish Evil. I I wish I could follow you down this path. I I enjoy I enjoy the world of it that I'm aware of through all the articles I've read. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Like, Otherwise, I, I'm terrified. Yeah, it's te- some of it's terrifying. A lot of it's really shitty. It's a lot of it is really stupid. But uh, I love it. I really yeah. do. So top five. What else is on? The, what else is on the list? Resident Evil remake, Silent Hill two, um, PT. Oh fucking fucking goddamn hate it. Has to be there. Last <laughs> Last of Us for sure. And probably Last a ga- of Us is on mine. Uh a game called Haunted Ground. Oh, from, I haven't played that. It's from 2005 and it's another one of those you have no weapons kind of thing. It's like you play this young woman named Fiona and you wake up in a cage and on the grounds of this gothic <laughs> castle and you don't know how you got there or whatever and so you have to try to escape. And each, it's roughly divided into quarters, and each quarter has its own villain that chases you throughout that segment of the game. And you can't, you can't kill them until it's like boss battle time. You can only get away. Mm. So, but it's really, it's a fucked up game. Like, there's a lot of sexual politics and a lot of uneasy sexuality, and it's just, there's a lot to unwrap. So, even from that, like analysis metaphor you know games theory angle it's great yeah and it's scary so 2005 i love it yeah oh yeah there you go cute do you even have a top five as someone who doesn't can't play this shit i (laughs) (laughs) my yeah mine are like you know my games are like um definitely more action horror yeah uh because like i because the survival horror i just can't do it just scares me so much but like i mean last of us is definitely so high up on my list yeah um i i love the last of us it's when i talk about video games that i want to play like i just want them all to be last of us mm-hmm. um so i'm so excited for the sequel uh i i left for dead i really loved because i thought i wouldn't be able to play it and then playing the demo i was like wait this is actually really fun and i it was such a formative game in terms of like co-op experience, even though I just played single player because yeah, I hate playing too. with people. Um, but the, the, the running zombies were great. There's also slow zombies in it. Um, the, all the different types, um, the characters, it was, it was just so much fun. And, and they really had a lot of blast with like adding in chainsaws and special weapons and things. So I, I loved that. Um, uh, Wolfenstein. I'm a big Wolfenstein uh, fan. Love Wolfenstein. And, and I personally cannot wait oh my God. to, and I'm going to, I'm going to drop, I'm going to, I'm going to temporarily drop my ban on terrifying games uh, or no, on co-op games. <laughs> I'm going to drop my ban on co-op games and I want to play co-op of well, the new Wolfenstein with you. Uh, <sighs> what's it called? Young blood. Young blood. Young yeah. Blood. Not to be confused. Girls confused. that are very different, but they're twins and they kill Nazis. The terror twins. The terror twins. Ugh. And they have, they have fucking ancient Jewish armor suits. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and it's in Paris in the eighties and an all synth soundtrack. And I'm like, Oh, come on. This has me and Stacy written all over it. Mm. <laughs> I'm so I can't excited. wait. I can't wait. We should, we could stream uh, it. We could stream our gameplay. 
Oh, can we really? We could set up like a, a Twitch. A Twitch. <laughs> a Twitch. <laughs> Sponsored by Cher, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone, come watch him play. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Oh, my God, let's do that. And people can watch us play the game. That's, yeah. That would be amazing. Uh, what else? Um, Doom. I love the new Doom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did scare the shit out of me, but also, like, I just love killing everything to heavy metal. Um, <laughs> versus, like, Doom 3, I couldn't even play that one. It scared me too much. But Doom, because it's so fast-moving, mm-hmm. uh, and that metal, and it's just, it looks like um, an Iron Maiden album cover. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah, uh, oh, oh, yeah, I can, so I can play this. Did you ever, um, um, and then just, did, did you ever, I'm sorry, did you ever see the movie, oh, the Doom movie? No, I have wanted to see it forever because it looks terrible. It's actually, it's terrible in a fun way. It's like The Rock and Rosamund Pike. Yeah, yeah, that's why I wanted to see it was Rosamund Pike. I yeah, love her. Yeah, and it's it's not great, but there's one section where like a character gets knocked out and when he wakes up, it goes to first person and it's like a live action yeah. Doom game. It's really cool. That's why I really, that's another reason I really wanted to see it. And when I say terrible, I mean like the right kind of terrible, like, like Mamma Mia or Venom or, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Madonna's yeah. new album. Like, I mean, like, it looks like it's going to be great in that way. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, um, oh, and then what else? Oh, I have two more. Tomb Raider, the first reboot, um, actually was really scary. And they drew so much visually and thematically from the descent. Yeah. Which really surprised me. Like, all the way down to seeing Lara's head rise up from a lake of blood, just like um, Sarah in The Descent. Um, they recreated whole scenes, and it was it was really great. Um, and then one game that it's, it's, it's more of a fun exploration, kind of weird, quirky, mumblecore game. Um, but it had some really scary elements in it, because Lord knows... I'm terrified of number stations. If anyone has ever go on YouTube, mm. type in type in the Kone project, C-O-N-E-T. It's a collection of all recorded number stations that people just record and then put up for um, free fair use. Nobody knows what these things are. They just play in the desert in the middle of the night and broadcast <laughs> n- people reading numbers and sometimes play like creepy uh like uh, music box music and they think maybe these things are made for spies and communication nobody knows what they are um but this game oxen free is about a bunch of teenagers going to drink on an island and then they start hearing these number stations but there's also ghosts and and it's just a really sweet story about friends um i and i love that game but it also creeped me out even though it's a really cute and really well designed cute like sweet game yeah it's a great game yeah yeah, I get scared. So, I get scared yeah. in games that aren't scary. Like I guess I know that's I like for me, like Tomb Sky- Raider, Skyrim, Tomb Raider, Fallout, Fallout. Like all these games, like I'm I'm an easy scare when it comes to video games for sure. Those fucking banshees and Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age had some scary shit. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, just a medieval role playing game. Whatever, save the world from the dragons, and like I'll find something <laughs> scary in it. <laughs> i'm a big wimp that's, like, that's a, the fun thing is like even they uh, like game developers like to play with those things too because even in like fallout there's some vaults that are just like oh no this is not right mm-hmm. uh or in in skyrim like that house with the the serial killer's house that you could wander into yes 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just, or the witch that just shows up, the Hagraven witch. Like, it's kind of got some great shit in there. Yeah. I just, I love horror video games are like the ultimate form of entertainment for me, for sure. Even though most of like the VR shit I can't do. Like, I get too scared. No. So, so scary. Oh my God. I left a huge one off my list. Um, I just forgot the name. Hayden Panettiere. Larry oh, Fessenden. yeah. We haven't even to Until Dawn. Oh, my God. Until Dawn. Like, the best slasher movie since the 80s. Yeah. As a video game. Yeah. I fucking love it. It's yeah. so good. It's Until Dawn is very, like, it, it hits Uncanny Valley because it looks like they did motion capture with these actors. It's like Hayden Panettiere and Rami Malek is in it. It's like the first thing i ever saw him in i don't know if it's the first yeah the first thing, thing i saw him in and i was like this person has gigantic eyes oops i accidentally sawed him in half yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like it's a classic slasher a group of friends like a traumatic event happens and then a year later the group of friends returns to the remote location to see and there's a killer on the loose and you play as each different character from time to time uh everybody can die or no one can die, depending on decisions you make. You know, do you take the shortcut oh. down the path, or do you take the mm -hmm. longer, safer route around? Like a lot of uh, quick time moments too. Yes. Or is that what they're called? Yep. Where you have quick to time hit, events. It's like yeah. hit triangle, and I'm like, I can't remember which one's triangle, yeah. <laughs> and then I die. Yeah, that's a game that I would say people who don't play games can play because there's not like gun combat. You know what I mean? There's not yeah. a lot of and it's 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 literally like playing a movie. It's like, like you just hit you hit a button here and there, but also you it doesn't feel like you're subjected to just watching a cutscene. Like it feels like something that you are involved in. Right. Um, yeah. It's really well done. And written by Larry Fessenden. Yeah. Who I think also is like a dead body in it. <laughs> like in And a live body. Yes, and a live body. He's a character in it. It's really it's that's a favorite for sure. It's so, and yeah, they have a, and that company has a new game coming out soon, The Man of Medan, which is like, oh, great, yeah, another yeah. in that style sort of thing. So awesome! I was yeah, I was so sad because it Dying Light didn't really do well, and they didn't advertise it. Like there, I remember reading articles about like what place Sony was just letting Dying or not Dying Light, letting um until dawn until dawn, uh, it was just letting it die. Like yeah, I don't when get they, it upon release. And I don't understand why they would do that because it clearly so much work and thought and uh, kind of pioneering technology went into it. And they just like <laughs> never followed up with it. Yeah. They did the VR game sequel. Yes. Uh, where you're like in a carnival and you just you just duck from clowns on a roller coaster. It's still scary. <laughs> it is still scary and it's still cute, but it's it's not. Let me tell you, it doesn't, yeah. it's not the same at all. There's no Hayden Panettiere. Right. And I am a, everyone knows that I am a Hayden stan and I, I want to see her in horror everything ever yeah. since Scream 4. So, yeah, uh, big fan of that one. Yeah. So Until Dawn, if you've got a PlayStation 4, check it out. Yeah, get it. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah. Because that's, yeah, that's one that non-gamers can play for sure. But it's, it's a horror movie come to CGI life. So. Yeah, it's a it's a true joy. Yeah. True joy. In a snow in a nice creepy snowbound retreat. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's so good. Oh, snowbound retreat. That reminds me um to dip out of video games for a second. Uh did you see the trailer for Doctor Sleep? Yes, I did. It's I was shocked that it is a there it's both an adaptation of the book and a direct sequel to the movie of The Shining. Yeah. I what do you think? 
Um, it's also your favorite filmmaker, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that is definitely tempering my expectations. I've heard a lot of people say the book wasn't great, so they're hoping it's different in a lot of respects. Um, but yeah, my expectations are tempered, but it looked pretty good. How's that? Do you think they'll surprise us with Shelley Duvall? No, because we live in a hellscape and we don't des- You're right. we don't deserve such things. God, Shelley yeah, Duvall. Get you and, we get you and McGregor instead. Yeah. The yeah. only shining sequel I want to see is Shelley Duvall with a shotgun. Yeah, no <laughs> I, I don't know what would happen, but it would just be that. The Shining <laughs> is so tough for me because it's one of my favorite films, but it's like knowing what went on. I've talked about it before on this show is like knowing what went into her performance. She's always and been like, it... I mean, I have found that movie very, very terrifying. But other than that, she was always like my favorite thing about that movie. And she's like one of she's my the... favorite actresses. And she's a treasure. She is a treasure. She's a fucking queen. And it's so sad. And it's so um, sad. What, and What he did to her. Yeah. And so it's uh, like, it, it definitely dampens my love of that movie. And it gets into that like... Well, if I don't ever watch it, then everything that she went through will go to waste, kind of. Yeah, no, that's that's true. There's a, I mean, there's an element of, there's yeah, an something element in of there. That? I don't know. She is uh, everything. Yeah. And I can't stand any fandom that talks shit about her. There's a lot of horror bros that are like, who's Shelly Duvall? Or says things about her face, or I don't know. I'm like, her face is fucking perfect. And mm-hmm. she emotes like a motherfucker in that movie. And Yep. And, you know, I'm not a big fan of The Shining. I, I guess I should watch it again because it has been like a decade since I've seen it. But um, I, I wasn't historically a big fan of that movie. But but the one thing I did love was her. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, amazing in it. wasn't a big fan of Jack Nicholson in it. That's the thing. I mean, it's about No, he's he's sure. the problem for me. He's, the problem he's crazy from the get-go. Yeah, but... And, you know, having read the story, it's it's a slow descent and it's back into relapse is what it's about. Right. And this oh, is, yeah. It's... <laughs> He's clown town from get-go. <laughs> from literally from the first scene, you know something's not right with him. And it's just, I think he's way too over the top. And I just, I, I don't, I'm not yeah. a huge fan of him as an actor regardless. So there's that. But he's always been my least favorite thing about it. But everything else is, like, there's so much great imagery. And it's so well shot. And she's a treasure. Yeah. And there's some scary shit. And it's interesting. And I really love that movie. But. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was really surprising that they're gonna. I'm, I'm interested to see the Doctor Sleep just to see how much it ties into the movie, or if uh, to the original, or if they like. I, I'm like, did they actually? Did they just take that footage straight from the movie, or did they recreate it? it looks or like recreated for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see how they how they handle that and how much it ties in. Um, there was also who are the actresses we were really excited for in it. I. I know Mike Flanagan's wife, um, that she was, she was, she was the, 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 the hand psychic. <laughs> yeah, Theo. Lesbian hand psychic, Theo, Theo in yeah. Haunting. Yeah, um, she's in I like her a lot. Right? Yeah. yeah, she's in it. And then, but then there's somebody else who was really great. I don't know. Like, not Julianne Moore, but somebody, <laughs> like, really great. I don't know. I'm more excited for them than I am for Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Uh. I used to a teenage me would have just balked at that. I used to love him so much, and now I'm, I'm just I, I don't care. I don't give a shit. He's a handsome fellow. He's handsome, but it just tells me I don't know. It just feels like it's going to be that kind of Mike Flanagan thing where it's going to be more like like something about his vibe tells me that 
it's going to end with a country music song and a, and just like yeah. <laughs> the haunting TV series. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's who it was. It was um uh um our homegirl from uh the ghost movie. No, House of the Devil. Jocelyn Donahue. Oh. Jocelyn Donahue's going to be in it. Mm-hmm. So right. maybe I'm sure. Yeah, she got cast in something. Yay. <laughs> Good. <laughs> she deserves it. I love how we are just, <laughs> are we just the grumps in the horror community where everyone's like, it's a great week for horror with Black Christmas and Dr. Sleep. And we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we are. Yeah. I just, I just, I mean, a trailer, like, it'll, I don't know. I'll just wait and see. I try to just, yeah. unless something like really gives me a huge boner right from the get go. I just have a wait and see attitude. Right, like midsummer for sure. I'm super pumped. But Doctor Sleep, no boner. I'll wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a nice shiny movie. I'm excited to see what Mike Flanagan does if he pushes himself more and gets out of his sentimentality. I don't think he will I with this story. I think it's prime for sentimentality. I know, but if he can I don't know, if he can be creepier or something, I, yeah. I just You I like him though, that's fine. I do like, and like, you know, I love childhood trauma and this is definitely going to touch on that with the shining thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, maybe I'm excited. I don't know. I don't, I'm there for Jocelyn. Right. I'm, and, mo- and I'm probably most excited for her. I will say that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Also, Stephen King adaptations don't do much for me anymore. What? Either. You're not excited for, uh, yeah. oh wait, Killing no, that's car. his kids. Yeah, I was like Nosferatu, Nosfora two, <laughs> but I guess that's his kid, his kid's book. <laughs> oh God! Yay! Yahoo! Um, Stacy, <laughs> do we have a listener question this week? Uh, we do have a question this week. Uh, so, would you like? Well, to that know? goes against my expectations. <laughs> Everybody was surely surprised by this. Now, this these questions could be an episode unto themselves. So here we are, almost well at be. like an hour and forty five minutes already. <laughs> I guess this is a mini series today. <laughs> yeah, we should ask: Do people like a long episode? Is this useful for you, like, in traffic, maybe? You can listen to it. Because any time, honestly, that I've brought up, like, to a friend or something like, Jesus Christ, our episodes are so long and blah, blah, blah. They're like, I like it. Give me a long episode. But it just, that feels not right to me. Because if I click on a podcast and it's, like, two hours and 40 minutes, I'm like, fuck all, y'all. No. Yeah. So, but granted, we only listen to our podcast. So. <laughs> well, duh. so, so if an episode is two hours and forty minutes, I'm like, that's strange. Uh, but basically, like, tell us, like, maybe we should ask on our twitters. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe we'll put on a survey for y'all. Yeah. Do you like long? Do you like long? Let's yeah. Gaylords at Gaylords of D just says, "Do you like long?" <laughs> Just post that, Stacey. Just post that. Gonna... I'm going to now. P.S. I like that we also say that our hacker name is Velvet Planner, which finally I was like, wait, the characters were Sassy Planner and Velvet 50. <laughs> 
and yet it's just, it's very Tim Apple. You know, I hate to say it, but it's a little Tim Apple for us to be all velvet planner. It was sassy planner. It was sassy planner and velvet fifty. And velvet fifty. And, but but it, velvet planner. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to our I Murders episode. It has transmuted into velvet planner. Yeah. Oh my god! Good, <laughs> good job fact checking us. Yes. Well. I was like, that doesn't sound right to me. How has I Murders become the mo- the staple of our series? Yeah, rivaled only by Suspiria. Honestly, like, honestly, it's velvet. Fucking Suspiria. <laughs> I'm burning. I'm burning. <laughs> Our favorite films. <laughs> oh, we're not excited for the new yeah, Black Christmas please. or the new Stephen King. It's no, I'm burning. <laughs> 2008 cyber horror, baby. That's where it's at. A movie about the internet where the director and writer had no idea what the internet was. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Velvet Planner. I need a th- I need a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a sequel. Uh, let's just take over the I Murders franchise. Let's reboot that franchise. Oh reboot it. Ugh. Rebooted. I Murders Rebooted. That's the title right there. God. Dare to dream. Jason Blum, give us a call. My we're we're, we're going to be so busy between this and whatever we were talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Honestly, like some sometimes people are like, "What episode was it where you talked about this thing?" And I'm like, "I have no fucking idea." Because while we're recording, <laughs> I enter a fugue state. I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. In case you can't tell, where I'm like, "I shit in a chair." Like, <laughs> no idea what's coming out of my mouth. I have to listen to myself while I edit, and then it's gone again. I don't remember. By the time Wednesday rolls around and the episode gets published, it's always a surprise to me what we talk about. Yeah, we're constantly, we're just still Alice. Just constantly surprised. (laughs) Still Gaylords. Still Gaylords. (laughs) The only only horror podcast sponsored by Dementia. (laughs) Oh. It worked for Memento. It did. He didn't have dementia, but you know what I mean. He didn't have dementia. It would have been a very different yeah. film. <laughs> you know what I mean. I should just get all of our episodes tattooed on myself. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, get a pillow book. Of like Memento, them. yeah, a pillow book of all of our Grammy uh, everything. Oh anyway, my god. anyway, yeah, questions. Oh yeah, our question. Ah, uh, yeah, so, <laughs> Matt... And Olivia, both at, what are your favorite horror soundtracks? What horror soundtracks do you love? And then Olivia, who also co-hosts Bikini Drive-In on C-A-U-W.ca. It's a Canadian thing, but that's fine, I guess. Uh, Canadians invented Degrassi, so they're good in my book. And Black Christmas. And Alanis Morissette. And uh, David Cronenberg. There you go. That's all. Thank God you stopped it because that was the end of my Canadian line. Well, I was going to say, you know, I was going to say Ryan Reynolds, but then that made me think of Jessica Biel for some reason. And then it made me think about how Jessica Biel's an anti-vaxxer and that just came out this week. And then I was like, I hope Stacey's okay because she's the only reason we could get through Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know what? It's been a rough week for me with this news that she's now Jessica Beasles. (laughs) <laughs> fuck off <laughs> obviously 
it's been hard for me because on the one hand, JBs. yeah, on the one hand, you know, no, don't be an anti-vaxxer. On the other hand, she's so pretty that I say to myself, is there a way for me to get unvaccinated so she'll like me more? <laughs> this is the existential questions I've been tackling all week. So, you know. I agree. She is so pretty. She's so pretty. Jessica, please stop being a flat earther and please, come back to us. Yeah, please stop with this flat earth anti-vax bullshit. Honestly, Justin Timberlake, like that was a sign. We should have known. Does anybody like him? Like uh... he's funny on SNL, but Ugh. what else? We all saw that perm in the seven nineties, seventies, whenever Backstreet Boys were around. <laughs> yeah, in the seventies, his ramen, we all saw... he had that ramen noodle shit going. Yeah, on. yeah, we all should have known. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, that's fair warning. It's hair, but he's just such okay. a pud. Anyway, and that's the Jessica Beale news update. There you go. This just in, Jessica Beasles. That's something really fucking stupid. Anyway, oh yeah, the other question. Oh man, ha cha cha. So Canadian Olivia asks, can you think of a film? Canadian Olivia. It's like a Canada goose or a Canadian bacon. Uh huh. Canadian Olivia asks, <laughs> "Can you think of a film that would be better with a different soundtrack?" Oh, I love this question. Spoiler alert! Yes, I can. <laughs> Good to know. That's your answer. That's okay. <laughs> Favorite horror soundtracks? Like you said, this could be a whole episode, so I'll try to keep it brief since we are already at the seven-hour mark. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, now we might as well just go for it, right? I guess, yeah, just live it out. Like, I mean... We could die later. My midi-chlorians could uh, march into my heart and, I don't know. <laughs> the midi-chlorians me. went straight to a... <laughs> uh, created an air bubble in her brain. <laughs> yeah, their little pride float floated right into my aorta. That was the end of that. She died, but she died in her gamer chair, so she did look cool. I love your doctor's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mini, you have an embolism. Like, it's just diabetes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You, I see you scanning your midichlorians every hour. Get out of my office. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll find out um, what Jessica Beale thinks about this. <laughs> I, I I believe she will staunchly fight in Sacramento uh, for midichlorians. <laughs> um, okay. So I, I for this, I had to consult my record shelf because I did, you know, like every douchebag in this era, I too became a vinyl collector. Um, but because of the fact that there are so many incredible horror movie soundtracks that are coming out and getting these re-releases almost exclusively on vinyl. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, Jason and I, a couple years back, we we had to jump on the trend train and we did it. And I have been a better person ever since um, because I can just put on some sweet tunes and scare the shit out of myself uh, <laughs> with, the, with those terrifying, terrifying uh, melodies. Um, the one that has become the focal point of my heart that 
I ha- I bought the soundtrack the second I saw the movie and it was for this show. You told me to watch it and I was like, okay. And then I fell in love and then I immediately bought the soundtrack because the second the soundtrack hits, it's the first thing you hear in this film it is so sexy um, and so funky and so cool. Uh, Daughters of Darkness. Woo-hoo! I love it. And that soundtrack, I literally, it is the best house music. I, or, I mean, for my house, it's not house music, <laughs> but it is. <laughs> Daughters of Darkness by Skrillex. So. Yeah, yeah. DJ Skrillex here. Put a dip low. Get some house music. Daughters of Darkness. Now, that said, it turns out in the liner notes for Daughters of Darkness, I got some crazy edition that there, there's only like a thousand copies or something. Um, I got, I had it like imported to get it. But it's, uh, it talks about how apparently the main theme in Daughters of Darkness is like the most sampled, one of the most sampled themes in, from any movie in like hip hop. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I guess in like France though, like France, oh, French yeah, hip hop yeah. or something. Um, so Daughters of Darkness is way up there. Uh, I love, obviously Halloween is so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, but my personal favorite is the soundtrack to Halloween too. When Alan Howarth brought in like a lot, a lot more synth and really like jazzed it up, I hated it in the movie the first time I heard it, and now I just love it because it's so eighties. Um, and what else? Like, I mean, uh, Terror Vision. Have you ever seen Terror Vision? I haven't. I own it, but I have not. I've yet to watch it. Oh, we're doing okay. It's on. We're doing an episode about Terror Vision. <laughs> it is great. Um, it's it actually because you referenced Charles Band earlier. I think it was one of the very first films that he produced, uh, and it was one of the the begin kind of the beginning of Full Moon before it was Full Moon, um, but in terms of the production team, and the uh, one of my favorite new wave art school bands, the Fibonacci's, did the soundtrack. So they have five original songs on there, and then there's a great soundtrack by um, I want to say like Charles Band's brother or somebody. I can't remember. I can't remember who, but somebody pretty influential did the soundtrack. And it's just great. It's like a new wave, punky, uh, awesome, awesome tunes. Uh, to that end, also of new wave in horror, uh, the soundtrack to Psycho 3 is incredible. Yes. That one, I was I was thinking about that one, and I was actually listening to it recently. And it's fine until... Oh, I'm here, I'm like, it's incredible. And you say it's fine until... Well, <laughs> it's incredible until that like rap song oh that's weird because it's like early 80s rap and it's that like my name and doomer beats and i'm here to say i put on like, a oh. wig every day <laughs> like it's just that kind of like, rap, like white guy debbie harry De- debbie harry rapture kind yeah. of, but not, a beat, <laughs> yeah. not as cool as debbie harry yeah it's so the rest like i love the rest of it and it's like a really weird vibe like it's, it is. it's really 80s, but it's a little eerie, but it's a little catchy. It's all this. And then it's like, my name is no, like, I'm like, oh gosh, no, I get embarrassed and I have to fast forward. Yeah, that part's strange. The rest of it is super great. And like, not once do you hear the psycho theme, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is, it's just like Norman Bates, or Norman Bates, Anthony Perkins directed the movie, and Anthony Perkins is a flaming homosexual and says, you know, I want hip new wave music for my movie. Right. Which is it's interesting because so it's, it's by Carter Burwell, who, uh, yeah, who is a very you know huge composer. He did Fargo and what's the name of that other movie? The uh, Eon it, Flux. Okay. I want to say he did Eon Flux. I'm not yeah, sure. A movie I can't hardly remember the name of. Oh yeah, Carol. He did the soundtrack for Carol. Oh really? Now yeah. did he? Which 
that soundtrack sounded a little too much like the hour, like Philip Glass's The Hours for me. Oh, uh, really? but in a good way, in a great way. I love, I love Philip Glass. It just was very evocative of Philip Glass to me. Hmm. Interesting. I like hmm. Philip Glass's Candyman score. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His Candyman score, his score for uh, Dracula, he redid. Oh. Oh. Yeah. In terms of the second question, <laughs> movies that are better, absolutely. The Dracula movie, the old Bela Lugosi Dracula, on the DVD and the Blu ray, you can watch it with Philip Glass's score that he did. And it completely enhances the movie because the movie is so slow paced, whatever. Um, but then when you watch it with the Philip Glass score, it's so it's constant and it's Philip Glass. So it's very present. Um, and he scores it as a romance and it's not a romance between Dracula and Mina, but it's a, or I think it's Lucy in the movie or Mina. They flip it sometimes, but um, it's, he makes it a romance between Dracula and Renfield. Mm. And it's, I cry. We, we saw, um, we saw a live concert where they played Dracula and Philip Glass and the Kronos Quartet were there playing along and um, I was crying when Renfield died. <laughs> it was wow. really, it was really impactful and brought out all the queerness in it. It's, I highly recommend that. Um, wow. Anyway, so those, I guess those are all mine. Wow. Plus, plus a thousand others. I plus mean, the a, fog. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it follows under the skin. Like, there's so many great soundtracks out there. The witch. Yeah. Like, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Canadian Olivia and I were talking online about uh, the sound when she asked this question about the vinyl soundtracks that are there's so many coming out and I want them all and the artwork is gorgeous and wow I've never had this but they're all like a million dollars. Yeah, I know they're worth. I mean, I just, I just, <laughs> so I, I just drop. <laughs> What? I just dropped like almost 50 bucks on the House of a Thousand Corpses release. <laughs> wow. I've I just want to. I, I, I bought Thelma. I have the Thelma soundtrack on vinyl. I got. Ooh. I love Thelma. You know that. But yeah, I've got some, but then some of them, it's like, the you know, the Friday the 13th is this gorgeous pack. It's like 60 bucks. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, how often am I going to actually listen to this? Like, I love the Friday the 13th soundtrack, but like in context of the movie. You know? Yeah. Like, are you going to put it on as, as I like to call it, house music? Right. Am I going to put it on for house music? Probably not. Um, but yeah, I'm a big sucker for Italian horror movie soundtracks, like from obviously from Goblin or Fabio Fritzi, like any of, oh. any of their work with Argento and Fulci. Like, I love those. How could I forget? Man. Yeah. Um, I love those so much. They're scary and weird yeah. and, and funky and funky. And I just really love them. Um, yeah. So yeah, Suspiria so, and Deep Red. Yeah, Suspiria and Deep so Red. Um, you know, City of the Living Dead, The Beyond. Like, all these soundtracks are just incredible. Yeah. I love certain tracks. Like, I love the disco-fied Friday the 13th theme in part three. <laughs> mm, amazing. <laughs> amazing. <clears throat> um, if you're looking for soundtrack that's full of bops, for sure. I don't think it's ever been released in any form. So you'd have to go on YouTube and just cobble it together. But the soundtrack for Killer Workout. Oh, AKA, I can imagine. AKA Aerobicide. Um, it's great 80s shit. And a lot of the songs are done by Donna DeLore, who, if you know anything, then you know that she is the Donna half of Donna and Nikki, who were Madonna's two iconic backup singers. 
Oh my god, for really? Years. Yeah, Donna Delory had a solo career for a short time and she, um, like she does almost all the songs on the Killer Workout soundtrack and they are just like oh 80s pop perfection. Oh my god. What are we need to do? We need to do a 80s workout horror we episode. Re- yeah, we really, <laughs> we really I do. have all of them. Yeah. So you'll have to check them out. I wish somebody would. Man, that's one that I would love to see released. That I would spring you know, for the vinyl for that. Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised. I. It's it's such a renaissance right now, and everything is getting released uh, from the vaults. It's it has to be coming soon. I'd hope. Yeah, you would think. You would think. Yeah. So I mean, the new Suspiria for sure. Oh. Here's here's my secret about the new Suspiria. Tell us. I go back and forth, and I'm not always wild about the music cue during the Sabbath at the end. The Tom York song? Yeah. When he starts singing, like, amazing, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. A lot of people have said that. Like, the, the biggest critique I get of Suspiria, that I get because I made it, the biggest critique I get <laughs> is um, that people don't like or, or people have so many people have said this to me like I, oh, I loved it up until the end I didn't like the red filter and I didn't like him yodeling at the end mm-hmm. is what I always hear I think that's a little... I personally love it I think it's beautiful I go back and forth I go back and forth sometimes I watch it and I say this is perfect what was I thinking and sometimes I just think and maybe it's just other people's impressions because that is one of the huge complaints besides Clipper shouldn't even be in the movie which, yeah, why is this old man in it? <clears throat> yeah, whatever, go fuck yourself. But I think yeah, that's a big... I think if the Sabbath were more hardcore, maybe? Or something, like if it was just more... I don't know. It's, like thrash metal? Like not thrash metal. Like I don't even mean with like it needs <laughs> thrash metal soundtrack or anything, but I just mean I think that music is jarring when it comes on. Do you think... So maybe do you think if it was more horror music, like probably I think it would have gone over better. I don't know if I would necessarily like it more, but sometimes that cue is just really incongruous with what's going on. Yeah. And, well, and when you think of the three big sequences, there's what Olga's destruction, Volk, and then that. Right. And Olga's destruction and Volk, well, they I guess they have the same music. Right. Um, but they're they're kind of <clears throat> earworms. They kind of. Yeah get under your skin and even if it was just a that was the reprise of the main suspiriorum soundtrack that plays over the beginning i think it would be hmm. it's just like when he starts like la 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 it's it works but it's also sometimes i see it and it's jarring and that's just my secret about suspiria so is that oh but that's not your movie that you changed the soundtrack no absolutely not okay no. what would i change it was hard because i thought about bad soundtracks and they usually just go with bad movies and so i don't care yeah the soundtrack is bad but one that really stuck out to me was um the town that dreaded sundown oh yeah the original version because a lot of times that takes a comedic tone and that is reflected in like a and it's like (laughs) this movie could be scary as fuck without this hoedown calliope bullshit calliope music ruins so many fucking horror movies stacy what do you have against calliope we all know that i love calliope music eyes without a face uh the haunting 
Eyes Without a Face, it ki- it's still in Congress, but it kind of works given that it's like 1960 French film. But when yeah. it's ha- like, yeah, uh, The Haunting or I think about Halloween 5 and how it's like you take, uh, you know, Halloween. Yeah, the Halloween has like one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic score in all of horror fandom. And Halloween 5, it's like these cops come on and it's like, boing, auga. And it's like, what is, what am I watching? While there's a poor mute girl being chased by a killer. Yes, like what? Yeah, yeah, it's just bad. Who made those decisions? Because LGBT Revenge Month is coming up soon. Cut to our movie and it's, boing, 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 that could be steam releasing who knows maybe maybe grammy runs on steam we don't know (laughs) anyway so what would you what movies would you change the soundtrack for you know well i think i think the dracula movie did a great job of already doing that um honestly mine i love the soundtrack absolutely as it is everything about it um suspiria actually uh i love it so much and i against all of my all of my preferences and my will um because i hate i'm I'm not a radiohead fan uh i tom york really annoys me and i really think he really did something brilliant and magical with the suspiria soundtrack i've listened to those songs on loop the main suspiria theme is one of my favorites like it's one of my favorite parts of the movie um, it's just hearing that. Like, do you know something really nerdy, Stacey, that I've never told anyone? What? Sometimes, aka every time that I would drive around in my car and play um, the Suspiria soundtrack, like I'll play the the opening theme music, and as it's playing, I'll go and do the mom's breathing with it. That's awesome. Because <laughs> it makes me so happy. <laughs> So I, I like to drive around and remake the opening scene of Suspiria. Um, now you know. But uh, I, I, even though I love it, I would be interested in hearing, I always joked about this when they were making it, I truly would be interested in hearing what the soundtrack would sound like. Um, I'm going to say by, made by a woman, but particularly Lana Del Rey. <laughs> I want to hear Lana Del Rey's score for Suspiria and what that would sound like. I feel like it would work, but I could be completely insane. <laughs> okay. I also love Lana Del Rey, and part of why I hate Tom York is because he sued her for the song that she stole from him. <laughs> <laughs> I see. So there's a grudge. There is a grudge. I mean, okay, here are my questions. Though. That's just that's just a curiosity for me. Okay. Yes. Here are my questions about this. As I am not familiar completely with her entire yes has she done any scoring does she write her own music and has she done any scoring she writes she writes her own songs uh i don't think i think she works with people that make the actual music but she writes her lyrics um i don't think she's done any scoring i just want to hear i guess if even if tom york wrote the music and she sang it i just want to hear her voice echoing through that music hall it would have been and that would have been like, better with a female singer. 
I think. Even if she's like, even if she's like, yeah, daddy, America, yeah, John Goodman, electric daddy, my pussy daddy, daddy, full of pop rocks, <laughs> my pussy daddy, yeah, my pussy's full of pop rocks, <laughs> or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, like I, I, I would love to hear a woman's voice uh, yes. accompany because, I mean, you know, the movie there's maleness, femaleness, but it's even the even the men are in drag in the movie with right. Emperor. Yeah. And a man did make it, but it's such a loving tribute to women that like I wanna hear a woman sing it. Right. Um, okay. So just as a thought experiment, I would be interested in that. Um but that that's my main thing, just even though I like I can't explain enough. I love the soundtrack just as it Me is. Me too. And even with my earlier, uh, this is a thing I feel weird about sometimes. But I listened. I was just listening to that soundtrack yesterday. I listened to that whole thing all the time, and I love the whole thing. But I just sometimes during that scene, I think, hmm, would it quell a lot of the complaints if this had different music? Yeah. So yeah, that's all. Yeah. And, I mean, when it comes to other movies, honestly, like, pretty much any modern-day horror movie that isn't that good, I would change the soundtrack. Because right. one thing that drives me crazy is just people try and make horror soundtracks, but they try to just make creepy sounds or that constant rising action or the jump scare music. Yeah. And it's still, like, they're still coming from, like, the scream school of movie scoring. And I'm, like, just kind of over that, so. Uh, yeah, I'm over the music telling me when I should be scared. That has yeah, ruined a yeah. lot of movies for me. It's like, the it'll be like a, yeah. a sting. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, when your own, when your score overpowers your acting and your storytelling, yes. that's not a good sign. And that's in a lot of like second tier indie horror movies. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, like that said, there are some amazing soundtracks coming out of really great new horror movies but there are also some terrible just like lackluster we didn't know what to put here so here's some generic like Ooh. yeah <laughs> that said for something that's just noise i did just uh get the hagazusa soundtrack on vinyl so oh oh no that that's i mean it's great noise it's great noise like it's good background noise but that that soundtrack really i think it's just so low bassy i don't know it just that does something to me um side note Hagazusa. I listened to our last episode because I'm our number one fan. <laughs> and at one point in our last episode, we're talking about complaint. We're, well, we're complaining about people not wanting to be Us? not. Yeah. Not wanting to be exposed to things um, that don't make them happy or don't go conform with their values. <laughs> And I was like all on that train, and then I was like, "Oh my god, we're fucking talking about me with Hagazusa," and I didn't realize it. So now, having thought about that, I do see the value in Hagazusa. I have been called in. I still personally don't enjoy watching it, but I do understand why it is important as a film. Wow! So I can say I might actually watch it a third time, uh, having been exposed. Having been exposed to that argument, I really thought about it and I felt, you know, that that was a really important point. So if I'm going to celebrate, if I'm going to celebrate witches that destroy, then I also have to celebrate the witches we lost, even if I don't know that for sure that they're witches. <laughs> wow. See, you're a shower and a grower. That's what I have always said. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
interesting. I didn't I didn't make that connection, but I see I get it. Because you know, yeah, it I, was definitely like a you wanted this out of a witch movie. Which I mean, and it might still just not work for you, and that's totally valid, you know. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So I'm an evolved human being, is what I'm saying. You are. You're almost at your final form. Thank you. Almost. Almost. (laughs) I think you just need to rub some more summer sausage on yourself. (laughs) Oh, I'm working on it. (laughs) (laughs) It's pride, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, good for you. Thank you. Thank you. Look at me patting my back. Yeah. So I just got that soundtrack on vinyl. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. listen to droning, depressing noises, but just yeah. And then you can you can sit back and go, oh, she's eating the baby yeah. now. Oh, I love <laughs> this part. Oh, oh, this is where she got raped. Oh, yay! <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh man, those soundtracks, yeah, they're so it's honestly like put them on at a Halloween party and your your Halloween party's going to be the tits. Yeah. <laughs> it's the not the shitty tits. Not the shitty tits, but the true tits, the like tits. the good tits, yeah. the tits. The tits. So. Yeah, I'm such a fan. Yeah. Wow. There's so many good There's ones. There's so many I could literally go. I mean, the the reason why we answered this not that we've ever seen these questions before this episode. But the reason why we decided to answer these questions for this episode was because of Silent Hill, which has, I mean, don't even get me started on game soundtracks, but Silent Hill has a completely iconic score that I listen to very regularly while I'm working. It scares the shit out of me. It's scary. It's good. It's just fantastic. And they basically lifted the entire thing and used it all for the movie. So it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, Silent Hill is great. Uh, I bought the score for, I literally bought the score for Oxenfree on vinyl because I loved it so much. Yeah. And I listened to that. I'm, I I can't believe I have a video game soundtrack. <laughs> I have a bunch. I have all the Silent Hills. Yeah. I have, well, I won't go into all that because who cares? There's so many. But there's so many. Oh, one more. It's not a movie soundtrack, but, um, uh, oh my God, Terravision Terror Records, um, not related to Terravision the movie, but hopefully named after. Terravision Records did, um, a release of the unsolved mysteries soundtrack Ooh. and let me tell you i put that on and i just get the goose pimples <laughs> <laughs> i love it i i think they just did a re-release so if you enjoy that iconic theme that scared the shit out of me please get it it's great <laughs> so fun there's so, i mean there's just so many i like I think about 28 Days Later and the use of that Godspeed You Black Emperor song. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of iconic songs that even if the entire soundtrack doesn't work, like, there's certain tracks that just are, that mesh so well with the on-screen. That... Oh, High Tension, when she's driving around and um, Newborn by Muse comes on, <laughs> and she's in that chase scene. It's so, and you're like, I feel so French, it's so cool. <laughs> and he's like, Whoa! yeah so there you go yeah we we might have to do a soundtrack episode yeah too i mean you could do an episode just about like john carpenter's soundtracks you know oh yeah or the all the i love all the i know i said it all the italian horror movies though man those soundtracks man they freak me out they're so good i mean that's part of why i can't watch cannibal holocaust besides the rampant animal murder um and the fact that i hate that movie 
uh the soundtrack <laughs> just get, got into my brain with that like constant like there's like a droning like pulse throughout mm-hmm. the entire thing and it just got into my brain and made me want to like throw up yeah <sighs> so good so yeah good. yay Clap. What a world! What a world! What a what a mega episode! <laughs> I know this is our longest episode yet. Yeah. Well, we talked about a lot, so there's a lot to cover. You know, we had a whole smorgasbord of, uh, of video games and soundtracks and summer sausages to look at. So it's <laughs> yeah. a lot. There's a lot of material to cover here, peeps. Yeah. So if you've got a question, or if you want to yell at us because this is too long. Or you want to yell at us and say it's not long enough. That's what she said. <laughs> so, hey, that's not long that's enough. Not lo- hey! <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> Thank you, Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can send it to us, Gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. Find us on Facebook where we're going to have all those trailers and gameplay clips and stuff from stuff that we talked about today. So you won't be in the dark if you're not a cool gamer like us. Maybe oh, yeah, you shit those... in a toilet. Whatever. That's your thing. <laughs> real and gamers. Not a chair real with gamers speakers. shit right in their pants. Okay. <laughs> For a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, Is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, Oh oh my god! god. Oh my my god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.